Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So Jen Psaki is speaking to the press. She gets asked about the protest in front of the Supreme Court Justice's homes, which is illegal. And she actually said that the president's position is to encourage peaceful protests outside of judges' homes. That's kind of crazy because that's illegal. We have the law. We'll pull the law up and we'll show it to you. And I get these lefties. They're like, Tim, 10 years ago, you would have celebrated these protests. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, they should be arrested, though. Civil disobedience, as I've always said, results in arrest. We don't destroy your life and throw away the key. We arrest you to stop you from doing the illegal thing. It's called nonviolent civil disobedience. It's a tradition. You go in the street, you sit down, the cop takes you, arrests you. You made your point. You get the press. It's peaceful. Right. They should be arrested. They're not getting arrested. And now the president is actually inciting illegal behavior. Congratulations. That's where we're at. But how about this? Joe Biden was also speaking about inflation today, and he said, it's not my fault. It's the pandemic's fault, and it's Putin's fault. And you know what? Ultra MAGA. And then he started ragging on Ultra MAGA again. And I'm just like, this this dude's lost his mind. You know, dude, I can give him the, like, OK, I get COVID was bad. I'm not going to blame Biden for all the COVID stuff. But then he's just like, it's MAGA's fault. Like, MAGA's bad. They're going to destroy everybody. Just just shut up, dude. The, the, the gas prices broke records. Diesel has broken a record. There's no baby formula. We got food shortages. I will tell you this. If you're the president of the United States, and dude who complains on internet has been warning about food shortages for a year now, and y'all didn't do anything to prepare for this. Well, then, you know, what am I supposed to say? Am I supposed to, am I supposed to be like, it's not Biden's fault all this is happening? You know, even I recognized this a year ago. Talk about completely stupid. So we're going to be talking about this. We'll talk about the economy and everything that's really bad. And we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about congressional races, redistricting. Joining us to discuss all of this is Matthew Foldy. Guys, great to be here. I'm, I'm running to be the congressman from this area. So thanks for having me on tonight. You are trying to represent the place in which this building is. Yes, sir. So what, what, what what's your background? You want to introduce yourself beyond that? Well, I'm a fan of the show, uh, sort of the, the Joe Rogan show of the East Coast. And uh, Ooh, you're that guy? I like that, yeah. I don't know. I, I get really <laughs> similar vibes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was a journalist until last month. And I'm from Maryland, from Montgomery County, at the southern part of this district here. And uh, basically, the governor of Maryland, Larry Hogan, fought the Democrats in our state capitol. You know, a lot of coverage about redistricting says that only Republicans do this, right? But it's actually Maryland Democrats are literally the worst in the country. They've been eliminating Republican congressmen all the time via redistricting. We've got Maryland's 6th District from before the redistricting, and you can actually see the gerrymandering is insane. They just carved out all of the outer area of Frederick, the city, which makes it a Democrat district. Because that's, those, those are Republican areas. Exactly. And now that restoring it has basically returned Western Maryland, which is Trump country. I mean, Absolutely. there is a gigantic sign over here that is just like Trump MAGA. There's Trump stuff. Ultra everywhere. MAGA. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Ultra MAGA. So uh, this will be interesting. We'll, we'll talk about what's going on with your race and, yeah. and, and, and who you are and all that stuff. Sweet. We'll talk about uh, all that news. Thanks for hanging out. We yep. got we got sh- uh, Shim Sham. Shim Sham over here. Shimcast oh, yeah. IRL. I run a YouTube <laughs> channel called Freedom Tunes. If you all want to check that out, we upload satirical cartoons every single Thursday, sometimes on Tuesdays as well. I think you guys should go over there and check it out. You'll enjoy it. 
I agree. I agree. Thank I think you. they should go over there and check out Freedom Tunes. And while you're at it, I am Ian Crossland. Check out iancrossland.net if you'd like to get involved or contact me in any way, and we'll get through there. Uh, see you soon. And I'm very excited to have a local politician on the show with us this evening. It's being a really good conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Well, local to us, but you're running for Congress. You got it. So that's federal level. That's not True, uh, yeah. Maryland. You're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was complaining to you about Maryland politics, but you were like, yeah, but that's Annapolis. It's like not D.C., right? Look, you can always complain about Maryland politics. The Democrats here are absolutely insane, whether they're on a state, local, or federal level. In, in my county, they removed school resource officers from public schools thinking that would make students safer. Hmm. We then had the first ever school shooting, which I covered when I was a journalist up until last month at the Free Beacon. This policy is such a disaster that even Democrats in Montgomery County said, whoa, whoa, maybe we're going to put school resource officers back because that actually makes students less safe having them in there. Well, we got a lot to talk about yeah. in terms of that. So uh, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, and in the top right, you will see a sign-up button. Click that button, sign up, become a member, and I'll tell you why. As a member, you're supporting our journalists, our op-ed writers, and you will get access to exclusive segments from this show. We'll have a special segment up at 11 p.m. tonight. Members only is not particularly family friendly, friendly. So you've been warned a lot of swearing and hmm. adult conversations about, you know, stuff that you two probably wouldn't be happy with. And you probably don't want your kids to listen to anyway. But there's another reason why you should become a member. We recently switched over all of our hosting to Rumble's infrastructure because we need to do two things. We need to get away from the censorious platforms of Silicon Valley and big tech. That's one of the, that's the, that's the real first reason we were like, we better get on Rumble because they will try to ban us. However, it also means that we are creating competition for Silicon Valley by using Rumble service, by using their video player for our members only, by using their cloud service for our website. And we have big news coming up about future infrastructure changes. As a member, you are helping businesses that are on alternative infrastructure. So it's all just one more grain of sand in that heap, making sure that these other these this new technology, this new tech sector can grow and compete with this, with these censorious lunatics of Silicon Valley. But don't forget, you can also smash that like button, subscribe to this channel and share the URL to this show or share the show wherever you can right now. Grassroots marketing is, is, is amazingly powerful. And um, we've spent zero dollars on marketing this show. Up until this point, we've got something happening at the end of the month, and we're going to do a bunch of silly and fun things. As I mentioned, the culture jamming is marketing. And it's all thanks to you guys who watch the show and as members. So we're going to keep on keeping on. But now let's get into that first story and call out Miss Jen Psaki and the president. So as many of you know, there have been protests in front of the homes of Supreme Court justices. It's overtly illegal. It's like unquestionably illegal to do this because free speech is, or I should say, justice is more important than free speech. So we basically, the idea from the founding fathers and in precedent is you can have your free speech, but courts need to adjudicate. And if you try to protest, picket, parade, or whatever in front of a member of the court's home in an effort to intimidate or change those proceedings, you are committing a crime. It is a slap on the wrist crime. No one's going to destroy your life over this. It's like up to a year in jail, which basically I, I think it's a misdemeanor. I don't know how they do the laws in, 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 uh, in the federal at the federal level. But these people should be arrested. They're not being arrested. And more importantly, we have Jen Psaki encouraging illegal behavior. Now, look, I get it. Nonviolent civil disobedience. I'm mostly cool with. But that means people get arrested and these people are not getting arrested. Take a look at this clip. The post millennial posted. Just listen to Jen Psaki yourselves. Actually, I think I got to fix. I always got to make sure I set the audio right. Yeah. Otherwise, it just doesn't play. It. There we go. There we go. 
So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date, and we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes, and that's the president's position. The president's position is to encourage peaceful protests outside of judges' homes. Okay, well, I'm just going to, real quick, I'm going to read the law, all right? 18 U.S. uh, USCA 1507, whoever with the intent of interfering with, obstructing, or impeding the administration of justice or the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness, or court officer in the discharge of his duty, pickets or parades in or near a building housing a court of the United States or in or near a building or residence occupied or used by such judge, juror, witness, or court officer, or with such intent, uses any sound truck or similar device or resorts to any other demonstration in or near any such building or residence shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than one year or both. Nothing in this section shall interfere with or prevent the exercise by any court of the United States of its power to punish for contempt. It quite literally says any other demonstration. Now, look, I'm not saying these people protesting should get felony charges and life in prison. I'm saying when you engage in nonviolent civil disobedience, we recognize you're going to get arrested for it. You're going to get a fine. You're probably going to get court supervision. The judge is going to say you can't go back. And that's it. You made your point. You did something that some people would find crossing the line. You get your punishment for it. But nothing's happening. I kind of just now listened to it for like the second time or the third time. I realized when she says, and we encourage that, that people are misinterpreting that, that they encourage the outrage against it. That people are like, no, that's what she meant, that they encourage the outrage. But she obviously, if you listen to the way she speaks, is encouraging the people being outside the homes of the judges. Right. Well, that's, I don't think anybody assumed otherwise. Yeah. She, if you read she, it in text, I could see how it could get taken out let of me, context. Let me, let me show you what the Daily Mail did on this one. They took her quote and they added hyphens to change the context, which is amazing. They say, I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about protests that have been peaceful to date. Pause. And we certainly continue to encourage that. Pause. Outside of judges' homes. As if to imply she's really saying if they're going to be protesting, they should be peaceful. Instead of saying she encourages the protests themselves outside of judges' homes. Yeah, I mean, what's the point of protesting outside the house of an unelected judge? Are you going to give him a constitutional argument he hasn't heard of? It's an intimidation tactic. It's so obvious. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's an intimidation or not. It literally says influence the court, influencing any judge, juror, witness, or court officer. If you go outside of a court and you try to influence the judge, juror, witness, or court officer, you get in trouble for it. This is That's only it. in relates to like physical buildings being outside. Because like if you try and influence them through the internet, like create a campaign of mass people emailing or something that's legal well this is specifically picketing or parading mm-hmm. and it says any other demonstration yo i'm just saying i don't think it's the apocalypse i think they definitely shouldn't go to people's homes i think that's over the line but i just think when you get to the point where the january 6 trespassers not the riders, the riders i get you arrest those guys mm-hmm. but the people who had the doors opened who have been locked up in solitary for like six months to a year or longer some of these people and then it turns out the judge is like oh the cops let you in your case dismissed the, the, the boot that comes down on the people on the right for basically what, what, what is a very similar law versus the people who repeatedly and continually do this and then are encouraged to do it, do it by the president, the, the disparity in law enforcement is just absolutely insane. Yeah, I don't want to assume, but I would imagine that if there was another law being considered and that it was jo- something Joe Biden wanted to get passed and people were protesting outside judges, they'd have referenced this immediately and went and arrested them all. I don't know. But that's the feeling of this partisanry. Could you imagine if, like, Proud Boys showed up to a judge's house 
They get arrested immediately. Domestic terrorists, insurrectionists, they're trying to burn the country down. That's all you would hear from me. And not only that, but it wouldn't simply be the case that they would get arrested. They would start digging through tweets from conservative (laughs) politicians who said that they were against this potential decision and tried to charge them with insurrection. I mean, we would, and we would never, ever hear the end of it. We would never hear the end of it. It would be in the news cycle repeatedly. Remember when those Proud Boys went outside that judge's house? But because it's the left doing it, nobody cares. They tried to like frame it as a vigil, which is like a silent thing where you're, you're, you're standing vigil at night. You're keeping an eye out and scouting and you're quiet while you're doing it. But if they're making noise outside their houses, it's just a full on protest. This is actually just a continuation of the Biden 2020 campaign, right? Where mm-hmm. they said, okay, every illegal immigrant can come across and get free health care, right? They said that in the Democratic primary debate. He raised his hand. Right. Kamala raised her hand during the 2020 campaign, as you guys were talking about this week. They bailed out rioters in Minnesota, including rapists and pedophiles. So it's not a surprise that they're encouraging lawlessness themselves here. That's just that is the Democratic Party is obviously the party of defunding the police. It's the party of not enforcing laws. At what point do we just start acting like there is no government? Let me let me elaborate. The media lied about Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm -hmm. They repeatedly said that he shot and killed black people, which was just not true. (laughs) They lied about what happened. They, 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 they just, it was, it was insane watching the actual trial and seeing those lies. And I'm like, okay, these people can't be argued with. They've made this story up. In fact, the Daily Beast used to be considered credible by NewsGuard, like 100%. And then you watch it slowly go down. Now they're considered fake news with a red exclamation point because they refuse to correct all of the fake garbage they've posted. I wonder if the people at NewsGuard, which is like a, a news writing agency, are all getting red-pilled like crazy <laughs> because they're like, the New York Times always tells the truth. Then they start doing fact-checking and they're like, guys, we had to actually fact-check them and they lied several times. So I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the, the double standard that you know we all perceive as people who like the Constitution and the Republic. Obviously, there's no double standard for the left because if it's good for the revolution, it's good. If it's bad for the revolution, it's bad. But for us, we're like, hey, we want laws enforced equally. I believe people have a right to protest. I believe you have a right. I, I believe in leeway for nonviolent civil disobedience. But you at least expect there to be some upholding the law. So at what point do people just say there's no point to engage with the system, negotiate with, collaborate with or even consider it would probably be starvate if there's a mass starvation it would be like a desperation thing if something like that were to happen i just mean like what happens if people stop participating in national level politics in any sense because they're like this is pointless that's why we're representatives well look look here's what i want to say with roe v wade as soon as these judges got in you saw a bunch of red states start passing these abortion restrictions And the left was saying, you know, this is illegal. It violates precedent. You can't do this. But the states were like, we're going to do it anyway. We've continually seen this throughout the past couple of years where red states and blue states just do whatever they want, regardless of the federal government. It is kind of the impetus of the United States. Say, hey, man, the King King George was doing whatever he wanted. We were like, yeah, we're going to do what we want. (laughs) So that's the United States. Yeah. I mean, parties are (coughs) generally selective. Let it out, Seamus. You have a, I can tell your point is gold. Thank you. No. It's like going to be the most boring point I've ever made. <laughs> no pressure. When it comes to sanctuary cities. Exactly. Or decriminalization. <laughs> exactly. No, you're right. No, you're right. right. Of certain, we have my translator yeah. here. Yeah, I need exactly. to cough more. Or, or de, de, um, decriminalization of certain drugs that are completely fine defying, uh, defying the federal government. But if you do so to protect unborn children, then that's illegal. And they don't have any respect for our political process. 
the, 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 the issue right now, just to, I, 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 everything keeps looping back to the Roe v. Wade thing because that's what this protest is about. But it's conservatives are like, states should have the ability to choose. And if blue states want to pass, you know, unrestricted abortion, well, then that's their state's right. That's, that's literally what the argument is right now. There are conservatives obviously saying it should be banned outright. But right now in politics, they're like, return it to the state legislatures. And the left is like, no, red states should be forced to allow abortion. My, like at what point do people just say, like, dude, <coughs> we're not going to participate with you anymore, and we're going to do whatever we want. What are you going to do about it? I'm gonna California's again. doing it already. I'm going to try again. Um, so, yes, I think that's the point in large part. They want anyone who isn't on the far left to stop participating. That's the whole idea. You don't get a voice. This government isn't here to represent you. It's here to force the ideological whims of a small minority of this country onto you. It's the purpose of the political system at this point. The irony of that, though, and I'll hearken back to this a lot over the course of my campaign, is the Democratic Party is literally being run from people's basements and from their living rooms. The government is not being run in person. This was one of the stories that I wrote at the Free Beacon. I walked all around the Capitol for about 11 miles walking and just simply taking pictures and taking videos, pulling on doorknobs of the Democrats' health committee, which is closed to prevent the spread of germs, which is impossible. Uh, the Senate Armed Services Committee, we have some conflicts going on in the world you might have been aware of. The Foreign Relations Committee Democrats closed. All of the government is being run on Zoom, which is a huge national security risk, right? All of the Democrats in Congress up until a couple of weeks ago, and the, the day after my story posted, Chuck Schumer opened his office. But so all of their D.C. offices are closed. All of their constituent offices around the country are closed. So you're right. They're trying to force conformity, but they're also hiding from accountability because if you have a problem with how your Democratic member of Congress, like the guy I'm running against, David Trone, you literally can't access him. You go to his offices, and this is true of Democrats around the country, there's literally mail just piling up. You can write to them. You can be the most pro-life person, the most pro-choice person. They literally don't care. They're hiding from accountability. They're using the coronavirus to sort of be able to withdraw from public criticism. I just think the system is just, it's already collapsed and we're, we're kidding ourselves that it hasn't. It's I changed. Mean. We're for sure using ancient ideas with modern technology and it's not translating because I think they, they're, they have a right to, to work remote. You say that with an abacus in front of your laptop. I like and it. And I will use it if the power goes out. Okay. <laughs> That's part of why I have it. Um, but honestly, I mean, let's use the best technology we have to communicate in the fastest mm-hmm. and most efficient way possible, in my opinion. And these, these people are still sending. Yeah, letters. but. You need to be able to talk to your representative. Exactly. You need yeah. to, be able to They need to be available to well, you. That's why, like, Zoom, like, they should have an hour a day where they take video chat with people, public video chats. But I, that's I, the only way they're trying to run the government is by Zoom. And, you know, my grandparents have no idea how to do that. If you're, if you're in parts of Western Maryland where there's horrible rural broadband problems, you, you can't function like this. I know all about horrible rural yeah. broadband yeah. problems. Yeah. <laughs> it took us, like, six months to get Internet out here. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, we had like we had low quality internet to get mm-hmm. business. I mean, it was nuts. And with the new space we're building, it's just it's really difficult. But that's West Virginia. But here's here's the issue. I don't I don't like the idea of Zoom government. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't like the idea that they don't need to look you in the eyes and shake your hand and know you have stood before them in their physical space and said, "I live here, and here's what I expect from you." That is important. Like the king used to take court where people would come in for several hours a day and he'd be, oh, so bored just listening to the problems. Be like, okay, yeah, you get the money. Okay, yeah, you're the one in for trouble. And it works, but it, it doesn't scale. When you have a three million people that want to talk to the guy, the guy only has like, you know, 24 hours in a day. Well, I'll like take six. a number. The, the, I mean, what are you going to do? It, it doesn't matter if you're on Zoom or otherwise. People can't, if, if there's too many people, there's too many people. The problem I have and the reason why we don't do Zoom shows with IRL 
is that it doesn't work. You don't get a real conversation. I mean, you can have a conversation. It just, it's not the same. You can't, it's not the same, but you can. I had one with Michael Malice a couple weeks ago, episode 203 of You're Welcome, and it was amazing, amazing to have a chance to talk to Michael for an hour. It was amazing, mm-hmm. amazing technology. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But I think part of it is the fact that you two agree or it wasn't going to be a hostile conversation. If you're having a conversation with someone you disagree with, it's much easier to operate in bad faith and to just try True. to get dunks and smacks in if you're communicating with them digitally rather than face-to-face. There's a reason. Is, is the way that audio doesn't translate its binary. So if yeah. I speak while you're speaking, one of them mm. cuts out. There's a reason why, in my opinion, whenever we try and get prominent left personalities on the show, they always say, I'll do it on Zoom. And it's because <laughs> what they're going to do is once we bring them on the show and go live, they're going to cut out and it's going to be someone else. That's what they've done. That's and right. that's what they yeah. want to do. They want to just screw around. And so there have been a few people who have agreed to come on this show that we've had on the show from, from you know prominent in, uh, left influencers. But all these other ones are like, hey, why don't I just do it digitally? And I'm like, because we've seen what you guys do when you do these things digitally. <laughs> I'll point out as an aside, it shouldn't be Zoom. If we do this, it should be an open source, uh, non-proprietary. So like Jitsi or Element Matrix or something like that. But um, to add to your point, yeah, man, it, there's definitely a risk involved. But when it's it's like if you need to listen to a bunch of people from around the country, it just it makes more sense, I think, to do it, to telecommute it than to make them all fly out to D.C. and wait for an hour or a day. Well, that's the point of having district offices, though, right, Th- that you don't have to go to the Capitol. And yet all of these Democrats around the country, you know, you can go to the closest office here. It's probably 30 minutes away in Hagerstown. Closed. Been closed for two years. So I, I think they, they have to physically go to D.C. It's a they lot have to, to all s- Wait, are you talking about no, the no, representatives no, no. Ta- or the constituents? The oh, yeah. The, 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 I do not like the idea that they telecommute to Congress. And, yeah. they, and that's what they've been doing. And, you know, it's, it's like you see these congressional hearings and like the TV asked you a question, sir. <laughs> like, no, yeah, no, no. In no, regards no. to Congress itself, they should be together in person. I agree. Cause you get more out of a human to human contact. But for just listening to people's concerns, citizens, I think that could be at least try it. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if a, a citizen's going to make a phone call, leave a voicemail, send a message. I want to watch your videos on YouTube. Sure, 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 sure. That's great. On Rumble. I just think elected representatives need to be available to their constituents. Bingo. And Pelosi, un- under her rules in the House, they have been wildly ab- abusing the proxy voting system where you as a representative say, I can't come and vote in person due to the coronavirus. And I reported on this extensively about the abuses of the proxy voting system. You have Eric Swalwell saying that I can't vote. Due to the coronavirus, he'd be jet-setting around the country. You pull his campaign finance reports. He's sp- spending in lavish hotels. You have other congressmen who are saying, I can't currently vote. They're posting about how they're in Atlanta with Joe Biden mm-hmm. for MLK Day. Yep. So the proxy voting system has been rampantly abused, and it lets Democrats just shirk their responsibility of voting in person. Let, let's talk about what's going on in this here country. We got the story from NPR, from WAMU. Biden criticizes ultra-MAGA Republicans <laughs> as inflation rises. So basically... He does the speech and he's like, look, there's two reasons for inflation. The unprecedented pandemic. It's like, I can give you some, I can give you that, right? 
Putin's war. Inflation was happening before Putin's war, but it maybe kicked it up a little bit. I mean, the food costs and everything. And then he goes on to say, but the ultra mega have no solution. They're going to raise your taxes, cut your pay and make all the problems. And I'm like, dude, the ultra mega like was three years of prosperity. The best numbers of our lives. So saith Jim Cramer. <laughs> and then the pandemic happened and things got kind of wonky. So I'll give that to Joe Biden when he's like the pandemic caused us problems. Sure. But, you know, I mentioned it earlier. A year ago, I was like, guys, food shortages are coming. It's going to get bad. If dude on Internet complaining can talk about the food shortages and the president could not do anything to plan for or alleviate this, then either he is completely incapable of doing anything about it. And he should probably probably say that I can't do anything. Sorry, you're out of food. Or he just didn't do what he could have done because he's incompetent and he could have done something about it. Now, let me show you what we're dealing with. Gas prices at record highs. Perhaps when you have gas prices setting records, you shouldn't shut down pipelines and you shouldn't (laughs) ban fracking. But, you know, this is the game he's played. He's he he, he was very uh, happy to help Russia's uh, uh, gas pipeline pre-war. Meanwhile, shutting down the Keystone XL and banning fracking on public lands. And then he says, nothing I did caused this. And it's like, well, at least a little bit, dude. Come on, take some responsibility. Now you have this story from the AP. Parents hunting for baby formula as shortage spans U.S. So this is becoming a, a very serious issue. I can only say this. If the president is completely incapable of doing anything about this, then he needs to come out and tell the American people. He should have told them a year ago. There is no policy and nothing I can do to help you. Have a nice day. Of course, he wouldn't because it's not true. The reality is Joe Biden is just really bad at what he does. And also, if there's nothing they can do about it, they at least have a responsibility to try to warn the American people so that they can prepare on their own. I understand that's difficult because there's an argument to be made certain people are going to start panicking. But people should at least know so that they have a fighting chance. I just think it's funny that when I do the shout outs for safe and ready meals, the emergency food stuff, which is like, you know, it's been kind of a lot in these past several months. It is a weird phenomena among urban liberals where they mock the idea of buying emergency supplies. And now how many of them are going to the store and they're like, oh, there's no food, no food. What do you do? I get really yeah. bothered when they blame the pandemic for this stuff. And they because I feel like it was the response to the pandemic, however you want to define that, the response to the virus, the shutdown that really caused this, not the virus itself. People responded in a way where they shut down businesses across the world for like a year, a year, something crazy. And, yep. and now Bill Gates has come out and reversed the entirety of his position. Bill Gates is spreading dangerous disinformation oh, no. that you are not allowed to say on YouTube. That's right. Bill Gates claimed, can you believe this, that COVID is like the flu? No, Bill Gates. YouTube will ban you if you say uh, that. Ultra That's MAGA wrong. got to him. Yeah. yeah. Ultra, ultra MAGA pilled. What, 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 what if Bill Gates did just walk out one day with like a MAGA hat on and he was like, <laughs> I've been convinced, guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's red, it. Took me some time. Red Pill Gates. Yeah. Yeah, red he's with Bill us. Gates. <laughs> he's back. Well, this is, it's so typical though, right? Because- All right, so for a very long time, the left's argument was if you cut even one penny of social welfare spending, people are going to die, you monster. And then they said, yeah, we could just shut down the entire economy for like a year and a half. That'll be fine. No one's going to get hurt if we do that. Well, now we're starting to see in a much more plain way the ramifications of that, and it's going to get really ugly, and they're never going to take responsibility for this. They're going to claim that this was just because of COVID and ignore the fact that it was their insane, disproportionate response to it, which failed to take into account the unintended consequences. 
it's just funny. I'm imagining, you know, Joe Biden answering for all of the failures of his presidency. And at first he's like impassioned, like, look, you know, it was COVID, you know, unprecedented COVID. And by the time you get to like the 87th failure, he's like, uh, that one was, um, <laughs> gnomes, I guess. I don't know. Somebody, <laughs> somebody stole my socks. Next. Slipped in the shower, man. Slipped yeah. in the shower. Yeah. Grabbed a major stick. Biden's fault. Yeah. In, in major Biden. Yeah. yeah he's <laughs> slipped in the shower. I mean, this is, I just want to mention, this is, and it's insane to even have to explain this, right? But this is a consequence of putting people in charge of making decisions who will pay literally no price if those decisions turn out to be a disaster for somebody else or if the effects of those decisions look, turn out to be a disaster for look, everybody else. Look where we are. Matthew is just explaining how these Democrats' offices are all closed. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're literally on vacation, not doing their jobs. How much do you want to bet people like Swalwell? He's like, at, he, he's going to be at like a Capitol Grill in D.C. or some like Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. And then, you know, he's talking and they're laughing and he's like, he's like, waiter, another bottle of the Dom, please. And then his phone goes, his, his watch goes, and he goes, oh, I better tweet so people think that I'm actually involved in politics. Uh, uh, Republicans want to ban interracial marriage. Send. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, we were golfing. off a banger, yeah. Firing off a banger. <laughs> like, they're checked out, dude. What a hot take. They're all checked out. I have a great example of that, actually. The Sean Patrick Maloney, who ch- who's a Democrat in New York, who chairs the House Democrats campaign committee. He was, he went to France for a, for a wedding at a billionaire chateau. And while he was there, he said, mask up. We're all in this together. We have to defeat the virus. He's literally partying maskless at a French <laughs> billionaire's chateau, defying a State Department travel warning against going to France. Brilliant. This is, this is literally liberal governance is, you know, it's the classic rules for me, but not for thee. But I, you know, one of the sort of storylines that I covered a lot was Democrat mask mandate and hypocrisy because there are never-ending examples of this, but this was one of the most ridiculous. I'd give a shout-out to Ted Cruz when that freeze happened and he gets on a plane to go fly to – where was he going? <laughs> Cancun, Mexico, yeah. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, it's my daughter. It's my daughter. I, I would have respected it, what he did, if he just owned up to it and said, I'm going on vacation. Like, and you, I'm, that's it. That's happening. Have a nice day. Instead, he made it seem like, oh, oh, you know, just, just like own it, dude. You know, look, if you want to go on vacation, I got no problem with that. What, what do you think your federally elected representative is going to do for the, for these local issues? I certainly think it would have been better if he was there for his constituents. But I think the bigger issue I have with him is Republicans aren't the ones screaming about you wearing masks and not traveling. It's the left who is saying, you know, travel is, should be restricted and you should wear a mask and do all these things. So when Gavin Newsom says everybody has to wear a mask and then goes to that, you know, French restaurant not wearing a mask, we're like, hypocrite. When Ted Cruz is like, I'm going, if, if he was just like, I'm going on vacation, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I guess, sure. Instead, he's just like, oh, it was my daughter's and I'm coming back. I was, you, know. you make me think about how you were just talking before the show about the, um, what was it, the uh, crack kits? The oh, Biden, the Biden crack the, pipes, yeah. The Biden administration the Biden gave out these like pipes. safe usage yeah. kits or whatever they're called specifically. <laughs> yeah. and, safe smoking kits. And then they were like, oh, there's crack pipes in these safe smoking kits? And they're like, no. Biden's administration is like, no, there's no crack pipes. But there were. And yeah. then and then what happened was behind the scenes, like, quick, get rid of the crack pipes. Yeah. And the people are like, well, if there's not crack pipes, then it's not a safe smoking kit because they're going to end up using aluminum. There's supposed to be crack pipes in there. Why are there no crack pipes? <laughs> Turns out they were all along and they just lied. Correct. Just yes. like Ted Cruz on vacation. Yeah. Like, you don't need to lie to save face here. We're all in this together. Maybe maybe sometimes but they think they do. Look, look, Ted Cruz going on vacation is not that big of a deal. It <laughs> and might- it was a national news story. I, I, it might, it might, look, if I was an elected representative and there was a disaster in my district, I, I wouldn't go to Cancun. But him going on vacation, it's kind of like, well, that's kind of a, you know, stupid thing to do, I guess. That's about it. 
when they realized giving out crack pipes was like not a popular thing to do, <laughs> they just lied and said, no, we're not. And you're like, safe smoking kits have crack pipes. No, they don't. They literally, no, they don't. And then the best part was when these left-wing groups, when they said there's no crack pipes, left-wing groups came out and they were like, why are you taking yeah. the crack pipes? <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, if they came out and said, yes, there are crack pipes in the crack safe smoking kits. Why? Because they're clean and we're trying to limit the spread of disease. Then when someone says, don't you think supplying these could increase the amount of, like, increase the likelihood someone does smoke crack? The answer is it could, I guess. I want to touch on that, though, for a second. So these are government-funded crack pipes. And um, one of them, so I went to three locations, one in D.C., one in Baltimore, and one in Richmond. None of them have any effort at prevention of saying, you know, maybe don't do this. The Richmond one, actually, when we went there uh, with my colleague, he and I got there. Uh, it was a van in the in a hotel parking lot, and they saw two of us walking up, and they said, "Well, we we only have one more crack pipe, but we can give you guys meth pipes and also cocaine snorting kits." And we said, I mean, "Sure, we we will take these things." We'll take all three, and and they gave us a brochure, and they said, "We're an organization dedicated to ending the racist war on drugs." There was nothing about how you know maybe you should not do this if you're having a problem. You should call these numbers. But the Biden administration, yeah, after we reported on how these. The Biden administration is funding crack pipes. Um, they went all out against the free beacon. Normally, this would be called an attack on the First Amendment, attack on the free press. And then they colluded with fact checkers. So I'm actually way more blackpilled on fact checkers. I think these are some of the most useless people. Uh, no, they, no, they, they're, they're incredibly useful mm -hmm. to, to the, the well, yes. to the regime. Yes, correct. It, good point. But they are some of the worst. They couldn't make it in real journalism. So all they do is regurgitate talking points from the left to get articles removed from social media. But I don't think they're journalists. Yes. They're Democrat operatives. Correct. You know, it's like, what 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 was it? There was, um, DeSantis said something. What was it? It was a fact check where he said, oh yeah, 60% of college debt is held by graduate, you know, people with graduate degrees. And PolitiFact said it was fake news. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But the source from DeSantis was the Pointer Institute, which is like the parent company of PolitiFact or something <laughs> like that. And they were like, he misunderstood. We We actually said something slightly different. And it was like, I can't remember exactly what they said. But DeSantis simplified the point, which they said mostly false. This is what they do. The famous, the famous line from Bernie and Trump. Trump said something like there's 50% unemployment in the, in the inner city. And they said mostly false. Then Bernie said the exact same thing and said mostly true. Yeah, right. Uh, maybe not and maybe mean the same thing. This yeah. actually also happened with Tom Cotton when he wrote that uh, stimulus checks would be received by the Boston Marathon bomber. 
uh, the Washington Post ruled this false. And then after it was proven true that literally Jokar Tsarnaev received a $1,400 stimmy, they then said, oh, this is still one Pinocchio. Wow. Like, we know this is true. So Let's- Cotton's office went back and said, eh, it's still false. Let's talk about why they're freaking out, though. From the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Elon Musk says that he would reverse Twitter's ban of Donald Trump. Let me just spell this out. It is expected in three months, Twitter will be owned wholly by Elon Musk, and he will unban Donald Trump. That means whether Trump intends to use the platform or not, he will be on the platform. The account will exist. It will be verified. It will have followers. All the tweets will be there when the ban is lifted. I think, you know, Trump, uh, Trump will use it. Trump said before he's going to stay on Truth Social. Don't believe it. I mean, he'll probably stay on it. He'll probably use Truth, but he's going to be on Twitter and he's going to be tweeting. Absolutely. And the reason this freaks them out so much, like you mentioned just a moment ago with the fact checkers, they need as much control over the narrative as possible. And what Trump did, it used to be the journalists would get the statement from the politician and then choose how to report it. And if you were a politician and you said something like, we'll play the game. You'll be talking to a reporter and you'll be like, I had one guy come up to me and say, I don't like, uh, I don't like eating cheeseburgers. And, uh, I thought it was a crazy thing to hear. Then the news, newspaper article, quote, I don't like cheeseburgers, <laughs> says politician. And the only thing you can do is say, they're lying. It's not true. And how do you prove it? With Donald Trump on Twitter, he would just tweet, cheeseburgers are delicious. It's fake news. And then people would be like, okay, well, Trump just said it. He bypassed the narrative control, the narrative machine. So he'll have to come back. Remember one time he actually posted the full video of an interview he did that he said was going to be selectively edited. So he just released the entire interview before they could get the ratings from it. What was that? It was an ABC News interview. ABC? Yeah. Well, he just Leslie had... Leslie Stahl? Was yeah, it? It was, I think it was the Leslie Stahl one. He's like, yeah, by the way, we recorded the whole thing. Here's the audio. Here's the video before Here, they can... Piers Morgan yeah. just manipulated video to make it seem like Trump got angry and stormed off. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Dude, it's all, it's all just lies, man. Since the beginning, baby. Yeah. No, yeah, no, that, that's part of why... I'm very surprised when anyone does sit down with these interviewers, especially people on the right. I can't imagine doing something like that unless you'd recorded it or were recording it and have the right to release the footage and sort of discuss that with them. It's insane to allow them to to filter you. Yeah, you got to have access to the media, like a direct line. The technology is available. You got to use it as a politician in general. Whoa. I don't like these things when the when they give emergency beep warnings. You guys hear that on the audio? Yeah. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? I, I feel violated. It's mine. It's yours? Yeah, I feel violated by that. It's definitely mine. Yeah, my sure. child abduction alert. Like okay. I, I didn't sign up off. for this. I did that. Like, if you are in Maryland, the Maryland State Police, at the request of the Carroll County Sheriffs, have issued an Amber Alert for nine-year-old Savannah Rosetta, Nicole Heaton, a white female. The child's clothing description is unknown. The child was last observed at approximately 6 p.m. in the Westminster area of Carroll County. The child may also be in the Baltimore area. Well, Thank I you. don't for pointing that out. That helps a lot of people. Well, exactly. I figured if we're getting the alert right now and there's somebody in the area, we just blast that message out there. Hopefully it helps. Yeah, I don't want these creepos getting these kids. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, what were we talking about? The importance of media. Going around, you were saying people need to have access to, people have to be be able to get out. Yes, and it should not not be mandated, but like how long should a politician have to listen to people every day? Two hours? I don't know. But in order to clarify what people say about you, you've got to have vocal access to masses unfettered. Well, that's why shows like this, shows like Rogan, are such a threat to journalists. And you really saw this with the coordinated assault on Joe Rogan in particular, because he is the most listened to person in the Northern Hemisphere, right? 
he, his show was displaced recently from the number one spot. Yeah. Batman, Batman took over. Batman beat him. Yeah, Batman beat him. <laughs> but I, it's a Batman podcast or what? Yeah, it's a Batman podcast. Oh, my God. It's like a weird Batman podcast or something. Which, which Batman? Is it Bruce? Uh, is it uh, Robert no, Pattinson? I don't know. Or is it? The Lego Batman? I don't know. Seamus? Which Batman is I, it? I have no idea. Oh. Why would I know? I don't know, because you sounded like you knew it. <laughs> Cause Cause you I look the most like, like Robert Pattinson <laughs> of anyone in this movie. Oh, my gosh. How dare you? <laughs> it's, it's called Batman the Audio Adventures. Oh, my God. <laughs> Scripted podcast from DC Entertainment. Hey, that oh. sounds fun. A lot sounds of zealots like out one. there. Wait until they pull up Bruce Wayne's old tweets, and they'll just take no, that I show mean, immediately. Dude, I mean, it, you're driving in your car, and you want to listen to something? Yeah, but not Joe Rogan. It's Batman. I Batman's, Rogan, but yeah. wait until Batman becomes a threat to the establishment. Exactly. Then, boom, he's yeah, Batman's moved. just like, vote for Trump. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Batman was a threat to the establishment. <laughs> exactly, but not right now. I mean, look, they're letting him be number one on Spotify. Okay. No, nah, Batman wasn't a threat to the establishment. He would go up on the roof of the police building and collude with the police on everything. That's Some of back, the police. Look, that's back when the police were, uh, you know, doing their job probably. I, I think they, they were got crooked. Them. Some of them, not the ones he was talking to. He made look sure what to happened Harvey them. Dent in the Dark Knight. True. Oh, it's true. Gordon was awesome. Him, though, yeah, he was a good to dude. this day. Gordon, what's his name? Is that his first yeah, name? Yeah, Gordon. Jim Gordon, Jim Gordon, Jim Gordon, Officer but Gordon. Elon Musk is not like Batman, <laughs> he's, he's like Iron Man, he's like Iron Man, mm-hmm. yeah. which brings us back to Elon Musk. Thank you. Twitter. <laughs> I can't wait for all the brilliant think pieces about what a threat it is to democracy to allow Donald Trump on Twitter. Can't wait for them to light up their Biden given crack pipes. That's why I was saying before the system has crumbled and collapsed already. It's fake outrage. It's the weirdest thing when, you know know what? I'm going to stop right there. It's simple. If you are on the right, you know the left's arguments. You've engaged with them. If you are on the left, most likely you have not heard the right wing argument and you have not engaged with them. I would tell you, I think what they think the right wing argument is, is that, and this, I don't want to derail the conversation of religion, but it's that Jesus's mother got impregnated by a ghost. The and they're like, spirit. do these? Yeah, you're a spirit. putting it in an intentionally Her belittling mother, way. I, exactly. This is what they think. They, you they, know, people that you and other I, people yes, on the right. I, what I believe. You're telling me what I think. This and is you're what they think. The most this is how way. they view the right. Is that they believe that a girl got impregnated by a spirit, and so how can we take that seriously? How can I take that seriously? It's 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 beyond so you that. Think, you, so you think a belief that Mary was impregnated via the Holy Spirit is why the left doesn't like the right? Am I understanding it's that? Part properly? of the dis. I, 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 of no, the no, no, argument. No, no. I think, Ian, I understand what you're trying to say, but I think you're being actually too, um, what's the right, what, what, you're, you're being, you're, you're giving them, you're being too generous. <laughs> the left wouldn't say Mary was impregnated by a ghost. They would say the right is a bu- are, are a bunch of Bronze Age crackpots who believe in old yeah. fictional so tale of It BS. starts with, I just picked that as one thing that I'm like, what? Okay, let's talk about it. But it spirals into like, oh, and then they're crazy about this and this, this and, is, and this and this. And you're definitely wrong, Ian, because they don't, they would also say that men can get pregnant. So, so you know, there, if it's not if a woman got pregnant, you'd be a birthing person, you know, all of these sorts of things. It does a, bring up yeah. abortion, a topic about abortion and, and holy conception and stuff like that. <laughs> There's a meme and it says, my religion says I can't do this. So I won't. And they say, that's good for you. And they say, my religion says you can't do this. And they say, F off. And that's the argument they've been using for Roe v. Wade because they've never actually asked a pro-lifer what's their position. They then say on Twitter, Republicans are engaged in fake outrage. I look at that and I'm like, it's really weird because, you know, we talk to so many people on the right on this show. We've heard their arguments articulated. We've heard the left articulate their arguments but their arguments are based on not knowing what the right's arguments are, and they don't come on the show. Shout out to Daryl Davis, who we had on the show. A lot of people were not happy with things he had to say, but he did say something very important. He was invited to a dinner 
with the far right and the far left, whatever that means. And he said, you know, Klan members and Nazis all showed up. And then when he got to this dinner to have a conversation, he was the only person from the left who showed up. They don't engage. They don't know what the right thinks. They're not arguing anything. I think, oh, I think it's a type of dismissal. Like they don't, they don't take it seriously because of the religion stuff. No, no, I, no, I, no, I think no. that's what it is. I'm trying, I mean, I'm trying to figure it out like everybody else, but that's no, kind of where they, I'm at. They, they say don't platform. Don't you legitimize it. I, I think the real issue is I was in, um, where was I in San Bernardino? There was a protest. Trump supporters were protesting. So Antifa shows up. I walk over to the leftist side where they're all protesting and I saw people standing around and I walked over and was like, I was like, Hey, how's it going guys? Then all of a sudden someone yells, Mike, check. And then the entire group goes, Mike, check. And they go, do not, do not. Everyone repeats it. Talk to, talk to anyone, anyone. They will try, they will try to confuse you, to confuse you. And then I was like, does anybody want to tell me what's a mic? Check, mic, check, mic, check, mic. And then they chant for about 30 seconds to a minute. And I'm like, okay. And I walk off. I'm not exaggerating. They did it. They, they did this at Occupy Wall Street. It is a tactic of leftist organizers to prevent the regular people there from hearing anything someone might yeah, have to say. Now that's a mob. Mobs for sure are near impossible to communicate with of any, of any mindset. But if you just get a one-on-one conversation with two people, one from the left and one from the right, I think that so, if you, if you come to a middle ground, it might have, the religion might be part of it. I, I, I certainly think so for some people that they don't understand, but the core is they don't understand. So I was in Berkeley after one of the big protests. And I was standing on a street corner filming and I, and I was talking to some guy when a leftist woman came up and started pushing back on the things that were being said. So I turn around holding my camera and she started saying things. And I was like, a woman was shoved off. She was standing like two feet off the ground on a light post standing on like the base of it. And someone shoved her and she fell down, hit her head and got blood everywhere. And she was like, yeah, well, she shouldn't have shown up here. And then I was like, you think she shouldn't have allowed to be here? And she's like, She's a Trump supporter and she knew coming here would get, would get her attacked. And then I was like, really? So do you think if like a woman wore provocative clothing and was walking down this alley and she got attacked by some guy because of the way she looked, that's her fault too? And she was like, yeah, I think so. And then I was like, okay. Wow. And then after I was like, well, thank you and have a nice day. She walks away and about a minute later, she comes back and says, delete that footage, delete it. <laughs> and I was like, I'm standing on a public street and you talk to me, I'm going to use it. Now, I'm not, I don't try to dox people or anything, so I blurred her face because the idea is what's, mo- is what's most important. I don't need people going after this random woman who's talking to me on the street. The point was when this woman from the protest was by herself and decided to speak up, she had no idea what her positions were and she actually agreed with blaming women who get assaulted for the way they dress. The video is on my, my Timcast channel somewhere. You can find it. Um, that's the gist of the conversation. I think when you go to these protests, having been to many of them, these people don't know anything. I, I'll, I'll tell you my favorite. My favorite was Anticapitalista. During Occupy Wall Street, when they would go, ah, anti, Anticapitalista. And then I saw a guy and he's going, bah, de gay, abida nida bisto. And I was like, hey, what are you chanting? It was like, oh, I just, you know, I don't, I'm like, you don't know what you're saying. Nobody knew what was being chanted except for the organizers. So when they're screaming anti-capitalist and these other people just showed up because they saw it on social media or the news and they're just muttering and mumbling, 
That's my experience with these protests. It's a religion. It's like they're going to church and, and just trying to no, follow the, no, no, the no, guy's no, no. teachings without knowing what he's saying. So they're just going I re- to I, I think that's like unfair because having also been to churches, the people have books where they can yeah. read churches the words are much as more they're being organized, said. That's for sure. I developed this theory when I was in college. I went to the University of Chicago where Bernie Sanders went. And there's a famous picture of him getting arrested protesting uh, as a college student. He looks exactly the same as he does now. And uh, <laughs> he was protesting the school had segregated housing, and so he was arrested protesting this. And that's a good thing to protest. Now, the problem is, for students who are there now, there's nothing on that level of things to protest about, but they still want to get that photo of them being arrested. So the president of the University of Chicago, the student president, when I was there one year, he chained himself to a building in downtown Chicago because he was demanding, right after Trump won, he was demanding that our Democratic senators, Dick Durbin and Tammy Duckworth, vote against the confirmation of Betsy DeVos for education secretary, which they did, and they were always going to do. He got arrested. He got the photo. He literally looks like a limp noodle. So it's not like, you know, Bernie was looking resolute. This guy looks totally pathetic. Uh, He gets arrested, held overnight, and then I hear him the next day telling his leftist activist friends about this. And I said to him, oh, this sounds a lot like white privilege. You just got arrested and just you're completely back out on the street next week or the next day. And he said, no, 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 it's not. I mean, it was every every <laughs> activist wants that. You know, the left is all about Instagram. That's all they care about is getting right. that Instagram story, the Instagram infographic. So being there, there in that a- in that protest is what matters, not actually what they're saying. So I remember um, we, we talk about the algorithmic problem on YouTube where Hitler was doing Tai Chi with the Incredible Hulk. Because people were just trying to find ways to make viral content. <laughs> because of politics, it, the virality of it, because of COVID and because of uh, politics as pop culture, we are now seeing young people claiming to be strategists or involved in politics because they know it is a path to, vir- to virality. So there's this guy who's going viral now with a bunch of videos where he just like looks at the camera all angry and furled and he's like, it is a violation of federal law to commit perjury. Merrick Garland. What? And and the right makes him go viral. Conservatives start posting out like, ha ha, look at this guy. And it's working. So this dude is getting made fun of. The left then sees that and they're like, we're going to prop this guy up because the right's targeting him and he's calling for the arrest of people we don't like. What's going to happen in 10 or 15 years when politics is all just reality TV? It is going to be worse than idiocracy. You think President Camacho was bad? Camacho was a good dude. You guys, you, you've seen Idiocracy, yeah, right? Yeah, he was. Camacho might, might have been dumb. Shout out to Terry Crews. He was a good, if you watch Idiocracy, he was actually trying to help people. He was a nice guy and he was, he was just not smart. Now we're going to have something worse. Donald Trump was the beginning of reality TV politics. You are going to see it be the most insane YouTube drama, TikTok drama politics you've ever seen. And then people are going to start punching each other in the face. I remember the YouTube CNN debates in 2008. We talked a lot about it in, in video, internet, YouTube videos at the time. Like, hey, guys, we have the technology. Let's interact with our public officials now. Let's have like a, a, a virtual, let's do this for real and let the world see. And so CNN got involved all of a sudden. Now CNN's curating what questions get asked. So, you know, I send a question about the Federal Reserve to <laughs> Barack Obama because I want to hear what he thinks about it for real. And they don't use that question. They use questions like real, real surface level and, you know, a nice reality TV twist to politics. That was like the beginning. And then, of course, Trump got elected in 2016. And what's the biggest problem, one of the biggest problems I'm seeing is when you get into Congress, 
you become famous, and then your Twitter account goes huge. That's not forever. True. That's not true. They all know who every every congressperson that I've have heard their name. I go to Twitter; they have a million, a million or more subscribers. That's because you've heard their name. Yeah. Every musician I've heard of has so many followers. <laughs> they can well, leave Congress, and now they're famous, and they can get a book deal, and have followers. That'll how many? Send them how many members of Congress are there? Four hundred and something. Four thirty-five. Yeah. Four thirty-five. Right. Yep. Um, can you name twenty of them? Uh, probably if you gave me some time. Yeah. Are you a fan of Congress? Name twenty of them. <laughs> that's, that's a <laughs> no, name twenty congressmen to be allowed. Obviously, in. we all know who Alexandria Ocasio Cortez sure, is, yeah, yeah. but the rank and file members. Sure, sir. I said maybe na- na- name a member of Congress from uh, Iowa. Oh, I can't. I'd One of them just that. endorsed my campaign, Marionette Miller Meeks. Oh, oh, he knows it. Yep. I worked at the House Republican Super PAC before this, so Iowa's congressional delegation is uh, Marionette Miller Meeks, Cindy Axney, the lone Democrat, Ashley Henson. And Randy Feenstra. Cindy Axony is the lone Democrat representing the state of Iowa. Her office in Des Moines is completely closed to her constituents, just as I reported at the Free Beacon. But yes, uh, those are the four members of Congress from Iowa. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Name, so, name, uh, don't say it. Okay. Name the member of Congress, Congress who represents this district we're in. Oh, I do. That's not, I don't, that's not how I think. I just know like the, the reality <laughs> but you TV get, stars. But you get my point. Is, yeah. Well, let me augment even, what I'm Even the statement. member of Congress for the district we're in right now is not famous. It's the ones that are making big news that's because, because they're, they're being crazy. <laughs> they're like loud mouth, Elizabeth Warren, you know, Cortez, Ted Cruz. Okay, that's a vacant Senators district. That's a vacant district because the member had to resign. That was Jeff Fortenberry. It will now be Mike Flood. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm just pulling up random districts. Yeah. Well, this is what I do for fun. Mm-hmm. Pull so. up random districts? Well, no, I just know random members of Congress. So Nebraska's delegation, Don Bacon from Nebraska's 2nd District, he has also endorsed my campaign. Uh, and then the third one is Jeff Fortenberry resigned. And then uh, Lee Terry is the other one. I'm blanking on the 3rd District right now. But the Nebraska's, no, there is no 5th District. It's just three. There's no 5th? Not anymore. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there's only three now. Yeah, three. Oh, Okay. But what I, what I'm seeing well, is like a race. Thirst, thirst, thirst. It's, it's a race from the uh, some of these people to become to make news so that they become famous so that they get Twitter followers on their personal account. And then I don't, it becomes I don't, just about sensationalism. R plus thirty. Uh, I, I disagree. Uh, most members of Congress you've never heard of. Yeah, but and but I think like, that there's an incentive for people to go kind of hay- haywire and make a big splash in a scene and like spectacle so that they get famous, so that they have a uh, parachute in case they leave Congress. Here's a great example of that is Jamie Raskin in Maryland, who's uh, always on MSNBC. That's sort of what he's there to do. If you have a problem uh, and you're a constituent of his and you go to his office in Rockville, it's closed. It's locked. I reported on this. He When I went in the middle of the day, there was a note jammed in the doorframe from someone who tried to access their representative and said, hey, Congressman Raskin, you know, I'd like to meet with your office about something. I went on a Friday morning at 11 a.m. straight up. No one there. I rang the doorbell like 20 times. 
completely empty. Let's talk about this yeah. district here, actually. Oh, so, oh, yeah. So we got um, Matthew here, Matthew Foldy, and you're running in Maryland's 6th Congressional District. You're uh, running as a Republican. Of course. In, and you're in the, in, in the primary, which is? July 19th, 70 July. days away. So check this out. This was one of the most interesting things that we saw. So uh, actually, I don't, is there a way that we can zoom in on this? Yeah, here we go. So this is the, uh, we, I zoomed in, pulled up the uh, current. This is the current district map, right? This is for this election, yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's do this. From 2013 to 2023, here's what you can see that's really interesting. This whole uh, grayed out area of Western Maryland, which is the, it's the, it called the Panhandle, right? Yep. It is overwhelmingly MAGA country. You drive out through here, all these places, it is MAGA country. There are some areas where you'll see some progressive stuff. You know, you've got like, I think, uh, oh no, that's West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah. But there's, there's certain areas where it's like right next to, the, like there's some cities. And there are some colleges. Yeah. Right. So you take a look at this. Look right here. Look at this weird carve out. Frederick is very Democrat, but outside of it, typically, like in any suburb, you'll see more, cons- more conservative, more Republican. Bingo. So this is what it was from 2013. Till 2023, but from 2023, it has been, that's all they did. All they did was put back the suburbs into the exact same space, and guess what happened? Tell them what happened. Well, now it's a Republican district, and you guys have never heard of the Democrat, David Trone, right there, uh, who represents this place, because he literally does not show up for work. His offices have been closed for two years. He does not live in this district. He does not vote in this district, while all of his taxpayer-funded constituent offices in Allegheny, Washington, Frederick, and Montgomery counties are closed and locked, mail piling up, gathering dust. He literally hosted Joe Biden at his mansion in Potomac for a fundraiser last night. No masks, in person. So it's too dangerous for him to do the job we pay him for. But he can host lavish fundraisers. For The ticket cost went up to thousands and thousands of dollars. But God forbid he show up and actually represent the people of Western Maryland. Well, so this is the crazy thing. This district... The, the bulk of its population from 2013 to 2023 was the D.C. suburbs, yeah. which is Democrat. Absolutely. After they decided to put the Frederick suburbs back in, it's now a Republican district, but it still includes the D.C. suburbs. Less of them. Less of them. But but I think that's abs- I think that's 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 fascinating how gerrymandering works like that. They they put in a tiny piece of D.C. suburbs, cut out Frederick suburbs and boom, you got a Democrat district. Maryland Democrats in the past 20 years have surgically eliminated Republican after Republican after Republican from Congress. Maryland, you all think of this as a Democratic stronghold. In 2000, Maryland had four Democrats in Congress and four Republicans. Then they eliminated two via gerrymandering after the 2000 election. Then they eliminated Roscoe Bartlett, who represented this area of Western Maryland for decades. John Delaney wins. Dan Bongino almost beats him in 2014. Then David Trone comes in in 2018. And he's been representing this area since then. And he doesn't even live here? He doesn't even live in the district. You know... He's never voted for himself. He's so bad. He has never voted for himself in an election that he has won. Wow. Well, I guess he won't be representing this district by the end of the year because you're running. And I got to tell you, man, having worked out here for so long, uh, my residence is in West Virginia. We're setting up the new new headquarters is already uh, under construction with some operations in West Virginia as we speak. And we're planning on totally relocating everything because Maryland is apocalyptically bad for business. That's just the easiest way to put it. It saddens me. There's so much potential here. And you see it all around us right here. But the Democrats in Annapolis are hell-bent on ruining the advantages that we do have in this state. The people who live around here, there's like it's, it's, it's relatively sparsely populated. But I just keep hearing from everybody they don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Because these are the people who live in western Maryland. It is MAGA country. 
it is outright MAGA country. Like the things I've heard from some of the locals out here, I'm kind of like, whoa, 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 <laughs> calm down. Like, wow. You know, just the things they talk about, talk about Democrats. And so now I'm hearing they're just like, it's time to move. West Virginia is a hop, skip and a jump away. And West Virginia supports Trump and supports freedom and liberty and the Constitution, but not Maryland. And they gut your business. That it's just, it's absolutely insane. They don't want you to be here. Yep. This well, is because they're, they're, uh, legislating for the east part of Maryland, like the DC suburbs, but then everyone's getting hit by the legislation. Uh, exactly. Not, not necessarily. I mean, I think if you, I, I, I was surprised to find out we, we, uh, the, the, the people who choose to live in Annapolis in, in, in eastern Maryland, I'm just like, why? It is, it's, it's, the taxes are insane. Why would you choose to live here? It's, I just don't know. It's don't unfortunate. Know. I mean, Maryland is, I mean, you know, anyone from Maryland will tell you we have the best state flag and we're probably the best state. But look, dem- Democrats here are awful, as, as they are in most places when they're in charge. And uh, so we have incredibly important elections for state legislature in Maryland this year, for governor this year, for Congress this year. So we finally have a chance of at least getting on the federal level representation, literally, that actually will show up and listen to Western Maryland. And this part, I mean, this part of the state, everything west of Frederick in particular, is a complete afterthought to the Democratic Party. So when I've been out there, people are astonished that someone who is running for office on a federal level, A, is a Republican, and B, actually shows up to listen to them. Well, do they know that the redistricting has created a Republican? No, and it's so important to tell them because for the past 10 years, they've had no vote that actually matters. And now I'm saying, look, you guys actually have this primary is incredibly consequential. You guys can send someone to Washington who will actually show up, investigate the Biden administration, force accountability, and listen to you and help you with the problems that you guys have. Were you like, when you were a reporter, before you were a reporter, did you get inspired at some point to get involved in the process or was that something you'd wanted to do before? I've been involved in Maryland politics since I was in high school. I didn't really see myself running. Um, but I heard from all of the candidates who are running against David Trone, because I am the, the president of my county young Republicans, or the vice president of my county young Republicans now. And none of them even talk about Trone. And I worked at the House Republican Super PAC prior to becoming a journalist for two years. And, you know, I know that Republican candidates have to lead the way on making issues about the Democrats. And everyone else in this race doesn't even mention Trone's name on their website. Meanwhile, I'm going through thousands of pages of legal documents that's going to show a whole mess of problems for him that we need to inform voters. Of. I've, I've found that if you complain about the other person, it gives un, like free press to them. Like yeah. Hillary spent way too much time talking about Trump. That's why he won. Yeah. If she just talked about what she wanted and what was going to do mm-hmm. and then create the story about her. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. Well, you know what you do is you, you have a debate mm-hmm. and you don't invite the incumbent. <laughs> well, he probably won't show up anyway, or if he does, it'll be on Zoom and just have a little. No, just don't invite him. Don't yeah. invite him. You, you, I'd you, love you, to see you, you guys. You get a different debate, Democrat, yeah. and then be, and then people will be like, "That's the Democrat." Maybe you guys can come <laughs> on the show together. I love it. I mean, look, he's you're currently David Trone's constituents, and he doesn't know it, and you didn't know it. But yeah, uh, we should we, do a debate we, right we now. We already we have sh- an empty chair. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, like, I don't. I don't live in the district, but we work in yeah, the district, yeah. and the district, is, the, the state, just is constantly just. I feel like the state of Maryland is just whacking us with yes. a switch over and over again, Correct. saying, get out, get get out, get out of our state. And yeah. I'm like, okay, stop, jeez, okay. I got to grab that stick. No, well, just then, leave. Then it's double possession, dual possession. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just got to avoid the stick. So you're going to repeal the NFA if you get the chance? Which is the NFA? The National Firearm. Oh, I hope so. I mean, any any gun <laughs> that has any bill that has anything to do with guns is almost always going to un- be bad. Un- yeah. Unless it's a bill to mandate everyone get a free gun. That would be great. That would be a mandate <laughs> that actually is good. But with the supply chain crisis we have right now, we probably would not be getting those. What are some of your ideas there. like? Or do you have ideas going in? Things that you can actually do? And I'm not super yeah. familiar with the process, so yeah. tell me about it. 
So look, for we're going to take the House back, take the Senate back, and then we're stuck with Biden for the next two years. So to me, as I envision the uh, the first term, it is laying the groundwork for a Republican president to win. And a lot of that means doing actual oversight of the Biden administration. In my reporting, I've actually led to multiple investigations into both the Energy Department and the Commerce Department and the border. So to me, I sort of think of this as cutting out the middleman. I already know sort of at least the initial places of where to look for where there's smoke, there's fire, and it's, you know, green energy, it is the border, and things like that. So I want to do actual meaningful oversight with consequence. And going back to your point about the media, uh, there, the reason I think that liberals don't really know conservative arguments is because they can go their whole lives without meeting any of us. So I went to an event in Silver Spring, which is very liberal in Montgomery County, when I was a reporter, where the Secretary of Energy, whose corruption I've been exposing going back basically since becoming a reporter. And there was a whole crew of journalists. There was a, an event to promote a house with solar panels. And so after the event was over, I walk up to the energy secretary. I said, Secretary Granholm, great to meet you. I'm a reporter, so she automatically assumes I'm liberal. I'm very young, so she assumes I'm liberal. And I said, hey, I just wanted to know, who is that mystery buyer that you sold one, uh, 242,000 shares of non-private Proterra stock for a non-disclosed, for a self-disclosed profit of $1.6 million? Her staff was on me <laughs> like, like, like it was nobody's business, and they whisked her away. And this is also some reporting I've done. Basically, she owned millions of dollars as energy secretary of a private company that she and the Biden administration was promoting while she was in charge of that exact industry. Wow. So my reporting forced her to liquidate her shares a couple of weeks before the, tra- the company went public, which cost her tens of millions of dollars. So wow. this is the sort of thing we actually should be doing. And if this had been a Trump administration official, you guys would know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. But my point is, I showed up. I think that Democrats assume that conservatives and conservative journalists in particular, like, don't exist. And we just sort of dwell in basements on the Internet and that we don't actually appear in the wild. Because when you see the journalists who are interacting with the White House, with members of Congress, they're all just, as you said, Ian, Democratic Party activists, not actual journalists or truth seekers. I have a question for you. Uh, When you get elected, are you going to move? Would you vote to impeach Joe Biden? I don't I don't think impeachment is good, especially because we'd get Kamala uh, running the show. And that would that would be bad. Yeah. But I mean, I guess my issue with that is, yeah. do you just let someone get away with illicit activities because someone else might be worse? Or do you just say we have to uphold the law regardless of the outcome? I, I kind of like the latter more. I, I don't I mean, after we saw Democrats basically waste two years of the Trump presidency trying to impeach him twice. Uh, I'm not really convinced it's that effective a thing to do. I'd much rather expose corruption and sort of see where that goes. But, yeah, I think after seeing how destructive impeachment is, I mean, there's no doubt the Biden administration is lawless and has been promoting lawless activity since he was a presidential candidate. I don't know how effective a use of our time that is. So before he becomes president Mm -hmm. or in, in the previous administration, in the previous previous administration, Hunter Biden is on the board of an energy company. He's getting $83,000 a month. It's been reported. Victor Shokin, the prosecutor, was investigating Mykola Zlachevsky, the founder of Burisma. I believe there are around a dozen or so open uh, active investigations. Some were like temporarily suspended or on hold, but they existed. Matthew Taibbi reported that. So fact check me on that one because I I may have the numbers wrong. (laughs) Joe Biden comes in after an email was sent between one of these consulting firms. And then he uh, tells the the, the, uh, the president to fire the prosecutor. Otherwise, he's going to withhold a billion dollars in aid 
from the U.S. government, which he doesn't have the authority to do. So Joe Biden is doing what is very obvious and uh, most people believe should be investigated. Donald Trump said, take a look into this. And what happened? They impeached him for it. Now, as president, Joe Biden, every over the past three months, has been asking for tens of billions of dollars to be given to Ukraine. This is, in my opinion, evidence of malfeasance. Sure enough, I mean, I get it. Ukraine's at war. But how fascinating that the guy who's asking for favors, who's got his kid running these businesses with Burisma, is now all of a sudden using taxpayer funds for a non-ally, non-NATO, non-EU nation in their conflict. This dude is, in my opinion, committing very, very serious and obvious crimes. Should he be at least be investigated? Which dude? Joe Biden. Oh, and his son. I mean, yes. I mean, we obviously have to look into into any possible... Yeah, corruption. I think he's being impeached. Yeah, um, I think he's. I, I think I, my opinion on yeah, it go on. is that he's stealing money from the taxpayer mm-hmm. to pay off his buddies, and that's what he's been doing since the, be- the beginning of this whole operation. I think that. Um, I mean, we need to actually investigate any corruption, whether it is in the Biden family. I mean, some of the re- reporting I did was also on other people you've never heard of, like Joe Kiani, who is Biden has said in one of his speeches in 2015. This is one of my closest friends. He, gave, he has given millions of dollars to Biden Ventures, whether it was the Biden Institute at Penn, whether it was the Biden Super PAC, the Biden presidential campaign. Oh, lo and behold, his company is getting millions of dollars of federal contracts from the Biden administration, and he's on a prestigious Biden board for science and technology advisors. So I think that a lot of the corruption that I've reported and that my colleagues at the Free Beacon have reported on would, again, be national news. Like, Joe Kiani would be a national figure like Scott Pruitt was during the Trump administration. He'd be a national figure yeah. if all he did was shine Trump's shoes yes, that's true. and yeah. then do something illicit. Yeah, exactly. So, look, I think that actual oversight is incredibly important to do, whether the president is a Republican or the president is a Democrat. And Democrats, we know, will not do any of this because, as I've also reported, they literally don't show up for work, let alone actually going after their political allies in this administration. So I think the sky is the limit when it comes to corruption in the administration. I'm 25, but I can tell you with confidence this is the most corrupt administration of my lifetime. And I think it's important for us to show the American people of that. So anyway, to your question, that is an issue, is forcing good government. But then also stopping the reckless spending that's destroying our economy via inflation that the administration denies, crushing communist China, stopping giving Iran nuclear weapons, actually promoting American jobs and American energy, the Department of Energy, of course, doesn't actually believe in energy. It's incredibly hostile to American energy and American energy creators. So the first step is to stop a lot of the madness that we're seeing from Democrats and the Biden administration. And then we can start laying out sort of a vision of, hey, here's why you guys should give us the White House. But the first thing, I think, is staunch the bleeding and then proceed accordingly. Have you heard of graphene? <laughs> graphene? Uh, Have you heard of Graphene. Uh, no. It's a carbon nanomaterial. He's, he's way like behind time. Maybe. It's a new uh, structure of uh, material that's one atom thick. This is it actually right here. It's a wonder material. It's going to be the steel of the 21st century. And maybe. if we can get the United States on board with creating this stuff in mass, we'll become a global superpower. What do you, what, what do you think for 2024, Trump or DeSantis? I, I like an all of the above energy solution. I haven't heard of that, though. Yeah. Um, it, material it, science. It's the way to go. That's how you win elections. I like it. Um, I think 2024 is light years away. So let's... Like right now, the most important election for me is July 19th in this primary, then November 8th. Um, DeSantis has to win this year, right? I mean, it's going to be a red yeah. wave. But just keep in mind, having this conversation in 2014, we were probably talking about people who were going to go on to lose that year. So obviously, DeSantis will destroy whatever, whoever they nominate. But 
Something crazy could happen with him. Something crazy could happen with Trump. So first, let's have the red wave. Like, we can't take advantage. Like, we can't forget that we have an election this year by getting distracted by the shiny object of 2024 yet. We got to win this year. How much of it is like what idealist, like what you want versus the, 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 the political game, the football game of who's there? How can I get this many people to do that? That's like, a really good question. I have no idea. Um, I'll come on as a member of Congress and I'll get back to you on that. I literally don't know, you know, it's sort of circle back. Mr. Smith. Go- well, no, but honestly, I'm not going <laughs> to lie and say, Oh, I can tell you what it's going to be like to be a congressman as a 25 year old. I am incredibly idealistic and maybe that means I'm somewhat naive. But I think that having people go who want to get in there on day one and start investigating corruption and making a difference, you know, it matters who we elect, right? That's why I jumped in this primary is I was like, look, I'm 25, but I have no doubt done more to expose Democrats' corruption and malfeasance than anyone else in this race. And that's why we have to actually send someone to Washington who wants to do that. I, I think the, the problem for uh, the problem that many of us see the Democrats' corruption is fairly obvious. I mean, look. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Dore, who's a leftist, yeah. and he rags on the Democrats all day and night. Even Hassan, <laughs> he rags on the Democrats yeah. all the time. I think we all can see the problem with, with, with Democrats. The problem I have with Republicans is that they're a barrier preventing actual America, like pro-America, pro-American worker politicians from getting in. You see what's happening with Robbie Starbuck uh, yeah, in, in Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. The, the machine of the Republican Party just wants to be a machine, a fat, gluttonous power-absorbing machine that does nothing to help anybody. And we heard this from, I think it was Thomas Massey, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Freedom Caucus, basically that, actually, no, no, who was, who was the other guy we had on from the Freedom Caucus? I don't remember his name. Was, his name. was it Randy something? Yes, it was Randy Weber. Randy Weber. Yeah. I think it was him. He was saying that he could have been the vote to over to, to, to repeal uh, Obamacare. But they were like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do Because we need the issue. Mm-hmm. We need to pretend we're fighting against something. That's the problem I see with Republicans. I think Democrats are the same way. Mm-hmm. But so long as we have the standard Republican leadership, nothing's going to change. Well, that's why I think it's important that we actually not only flip the House, but it depends who we're sending there. And so, you know, when I'm talking to people, when I'm going knocking there and say, oh, you're 25, that's really exciting. But, you know, what can you actually do? And I say, look, yeah, you're right. I, I'm 25. But I think sort of our generation of people does not is not as beholden to sort of that type of politics as we've been used to for i think all of our lives whether it's because we're way too idealistic or already way too cynical and blackpilled um you know i think a lot of the same old same old doesn't really fly with us here's what i think is going to happen i think if you do get in yeah and you do not go after joe biden with impeachment Mm -hmm. investigations and an attempt at attempted conviction then it's going to be the Republicans being like, we don't want to destroy everything. We don't want to waste time. And then the Democrats will keep doing it. Yeah. Then the leftists will claim the Republicans are the scorched earth party while the Republicans <laughs> are the Washington generals. And then I see people like Kyle Kalinske claim the Democrats are actually the Washington generals. And I'm just like, yo, in 2016, uh, you know, after after the midterms, when the Republicans had basically everything, yep. they went along with Russiagate. When Donald Trump sees obvious issues with Ukraine, he gets impeached and the Republicans do nothing. When it comes to the 2020 election across all of these states, Republicans cut deals with Democrats to change voting laws. If the Republicans are unwilling to play politics in the same way, 
then it will be the same thing. Democrats will keep steamrolling. They will keep, we will keep seeing changes that are negative. It is just a slow roll. And in 20 years, Republicans will be transgender communists who have <laughs> sacrificed all their values because they'll keep lurching leftward. However, I believe if the Republicans do decide we're going to impeach Joe Biden, we're going to go for a conviction, we're going to investigate, we're going to arrest, the Democrats won't just sit back and allow it to happen. It's going to be the same policies, which is just a powder keg and then... And then you get some kind of chaos collapse or otherwise. So I don't know what the answers are. I just know that for me, sitting back watching Democrat corruption, sitting back and seeing the media lie and work in collusion with the Democratic establishment, seeing big tech do all of these things, and then seeing the established Republicans who are all in on the game sitting on their hands the whole time. I'm just like, we need people like Lauren Boebert or Marjorie Taylor Greene or Thomas Massey, more Freedom Caucus individuals who are just going to be like, we're going we're gonna to push back. We're going to say no. We need term limits, too, and especially for the administrative state as well, like that, that Trump's military were relying to him about the troops in Syria, about the numbers of troops we had in Syria. That's an administrative problem. Those guys should have been term limited out. I mean, the president obviously can hire whoever he wants, but I think we should have some legal restrictions there. Maybe the president shouldn't be able to hire whoever he wants or she wants. Um, but a lot of those people you're talking about are not hired by the president. A lot of those people are these career, you know, that sort of is where the deep state is from, is these career people who are actually explicitly not hired by the president, right? Those are the careers, the people hired by the president are the politicals. That's where you have, when you're a Democrat, you have two forces aligned in your favor. You have the career employees and the political appointees. When you're a Republican, especially when you're Trump, you have the careers aligned against you, and then you have your political appointees. So you're still fighting your own government employees who are also impossible to fire when they're doing a bad job. But it, being able to reform the career hires in the government would be a huge win for taxpayers, for the government transparency, for anything like that. How Thomas do you Massey get agrees. anything done? I, You know, it's, yeah. it's like there's like 10 members of Congress who are actually like, hey, maybe we should change this. And everyone else is like, don't rock the boat. We get to eat steakhouses. The government pays for it. <laughs> I want to go home. That, I mean, it's a, it is a problem with both sides, obviously, of just sort of the lackadaisical attitude as we have these massive problems. But again, that's why it's important for any voter in any district in the country to go sort of ask the people who are asking for their vote, hey, what do you plan on actually doing when you're in there? And that's why I can say in good conscience to voters, yes, I understand. I'm 25. But look at what my reporting has already done when it's something like education, for example. Uh, I got the governor of Tennessee to quash planned social justice grants at state schools in Tennessee. A professor reached out to me. He said, hey, I teach at the University of Memphis, which is a public school in Tennessee. And our school is bribing professors to incorporate the University of Memphis's social justice principles. Why does the school even have those things in Tennessee? I don't know. Uh, and I said, I've never seen that in the years that I have been a higher ed and K through 12 education activist. So I wrote the article exposing that this program exists. I contact the governor of Tennessee's office. I said, hey, what is going on here? And then the next week that program is canceled. So being able like you can use governmental powers for, for good to stop leftist insanity, but you need people in government who are actually going to either expose it themselves or when contacted with these sorts of tips, actually do things about it. Have you gotten the Trump bump yet? Has Trump shouted you out? Uh, not yet, actually. Uh, we'll see, we'll see what his interest level in Maryland he, is. He endorsed Thomas Massey, right? He did. Yeah. Amazing. Will Which you, is crazy because he was all against Massey last cycle. Right, right. Yeah, I remember. I remember. And uh, uh, would you sign on to Thomas Massey's legislation to 
The Department of Education will end December 31st, 2022. Uh, well, obviously, I would not be in office by December 31st, well, 2022. Well, okay, whenever it is. Like, um, what, I, what I mean to ask is, yeah. do you agree with Thomas Massey saying, let's shut this down? I think that probably does make sense. A lot of these federal departments are only making things much worse, um, especially the Department of Education. I would need to figure out what the actual ramifications of that would be, but I am... I mean, we need to drastically slash the size of government and especially things like this was a priority during the Trump admin in the early years, moving things like the Department of the Interior to the interior. You know, there's no reason for all of these government agencies to be based in D.C., especially when they're like the Bureau of Land Management put that in a state like Arizona or Nevada. You know, if there was I I would never want to be in politics, but if there was one reason to be in politics is just to do like exactly what Thomas Massey did. I would just be like, I have a whole bunch of bills drafted up. This department will end. This department will end. This department will end. This <laughs> the Department of Energy or uh, and of you know, Education, you know, rather. You know what I would do, though? I wouldn't write. I wouldn't draft a bill that says, like, the Department of Education will end on this date. It will be called the Congressional Salary Increase. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And it will be like, <laughs> Brilliant. line one, all members of Congress shall receive a salary equal to, you know, whatever percentage. Of equal the- to the Department of Energy's staff in five years from now, which will be zero dollars. Exactly. He calculated well, it would be about $400 million a year that we would save if we got gutted that. But then he thought we could repurpose the money to, like, individual school choice mm-hmm. um, methods and things like that. I would just make a bunch of bills that were all just raises for Congress. Yeah. But then, like, in the fine print at the bottom of, like, also the Department of Education will end. Honestly, you could put it in the first line. I don't even think they read that far into it. They just see that, you know, they see it's called the jobs bill. They're right. like, all right, I'm for the jobs bill. And well, this is what we heard from um, from the Freedom Caucus crew that – there's some guy who's not Pelosi, and he's like, uh, next up is this bill, you know, the, the, the Jobs Act reform bill, all in favor on the Democrat side, all in favor on the Republican side, it passes, bang, next. So you just make, like, the congressional salary raise bill, <laughs> and then it would just have, like, a whole bunch yeah. of stuff in it. Like, this is gone, this is gone. I wonder if, you know, I, I would just, I, that's all I would do. I would be like the Saving Children and, and Preserving the Family Act, and or I'd make like the um, the pro LGBTQ protect our children bill, and it says the National Firearms Act will sunset as of December thirty first, twenty twenty two. That's all it will say. I'll have nothing to do with anything else. Everyone once here gets a fifty percent pay cut effective immediately. <laughs> <laughs> once you're officially a West Virginia guy, I mean, we would make a pretty interesting delegation across the river from each other. We would just be, you know, we, we'd be we'd be quite a duo here. So I'm just saying, That's what it's the all dissolve about, governmental departments caucus. <laughs> That's love all see, we do. I'd love to see a video chat show. I don't know what you call it. A po- I don't like calling them podcasts because that's just an iPod thing, and I'm yeah. not an Apple zealot. But like I think they show. just discontinued iPods today. Oh, okay. Right. Well, you I, heard I, so. I heard about that. I heard about that. Podcasts are gone. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> podcasts are gone. We should have known this. Like We're, done. Yeah, exactly. of, We're done. We're done. We're done. But like, like AOC does, for instance, where you just you video chat with your friends or your followers or whoever the the your voters or whatever you call people. It gets a little culty because they'll worship you and like follow you into anything, which could be bad if you go crazy. But it's a great way to stay keep people informed to answer their questions and yeah. to create real people that will stay with you through the process i disagreed with your earlier point on how we should have like m- much more teleworking in government i think it should the government should be way more accessible to you than it is right now so any way we can make people who feel disaffected and disconnected from the government and from sort of their community we should do more of that and again i mean like parts of western maryland have not heard from their representative in decades so it is like the more ways we can reach more people and that to AOC's credit is something she does do well is she does sort of engage people our age in politics granted in left-wing insanity but there's nothing stopping conservatives and republicans from also trying to make politics something that people 
who are normal want to engage in and feel like is actually can be a meaningful vehicle for change. Would you vote for boots on the ground in Ukraine? Uh, no, I don't think so. What about you don't think so? I don't. I, you're already putting me in Congress. So I know. Yeah. I know. What, uh, what about like weapons and stuff? I don't have a problem sending weapons. Sending weapons. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I recognize that too. I'm like, I have all these questions as if you were a member of yeah. Congress. And so you're like, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, but yeah. I do think it's, I think it's important. I mean, you know, you're running in the primary. Yeah. So the problem with sending weapons, in my opinion, anyway, the problem with sending weapons to Azov, which is like the Nazi battalion of the Ukrainian army, that's freedom fighters. They call them, they're calling freedom fighters right. when they're on our side. Then they call them terrorists when they're not. And is that it one day they may not be on our side anymore. Now they have American weapons and yeah. they fight back. I mean, look, we left an entire arsenal to the Taliban. Yep. So like, I don't, I don't know where to factor that into this. You know, the, I, I think that the surrender of Afghanistan was sort of like the Obama red line in 2013 that set the stage for, you know, that was a do- the first domino to fall that led to serious consequences. So when we abandoned Afghanistan for a failed photo op, that said to China, yeah, you guys can do whatever you guys want domestically. You guys spy on all of our Olympians. I, I reported on how one of the sponsors of the Chinese genocide Olympics was iFlyTech, which the Chinese government uses to voice recognize Uyghur dissidents. And that was a straight up sponsor. That was actually the official translation tool that American athletes would use when communicating to other athletes. So China was straight up storing our athletes voice recognition so we, we supported that with the weakest diplomatic boycott known to mankind. And um, after that, obviously, Russia invades Ukraine. All of democratic foreign policy is united around the goal of giving Iran nuclear weapons. Because keep in mind, none of this is happening in a vacuum, right? Russia invades Ukraine. Meanwhile, Putin's guy in Vienna is negotiating an Iran deal on behalf of the United States of America. So Biden can't cut off Russian oil because that would piss off the guys who are negotiating to sprint to give Iran nuclear weapons. He finally relents on buying Russian oil. And then says, all right, you know what? Instead of Russian oil, we're going to buy Venezuelan oil because what does the administration hate? American jobs and American oil because it's beholden to left-wing activists. So anyway, all of that is to say none of the foreign policy failures of the Biden administration happened in a vacuum. And the failure in Afghanistan set the stage for massive failures that are already happening that are aided and abetted by Democrats teleworking because either they're discussing classified information in unclassified settings like they're zooming in from Starbucks while they should pretend to be working, or they're not discussing anything classified and they have no idea that Russia is about to invade Ukraine or that China is eyeing Taiwan that, you know, people with brains can just figure out is obviously happening. They should not be using Zoom. They need encrypted <laughs> exactly. open source technology that they can watch the hour. That's a crazy tactic. So just for some reason, I pulled up the caning of Charles Sumner on Wikipedia. Did you know that the cane used to attack Charles Sumner is on exhibit at the old state house in Boston? <laughs> so this was basically just like right before the Civil War. This uh, Southern Democrat slave owner guy, I think it was, he was a pro-slavery guy, brutally beat Charles Sumner with a cane, nearly killing him. Because like the other guy gave a speech, I just I'm just wondering are are we anywhere near something like that occurring at this point? Just with the hyperpolarization currently on the rise, I wonder if in maybe in 2026. I don't know because there are prote- like our political leaders are a protected class, so I don't know that there are certain leaders who are dissidents who I could see the establishment being more comfortable seeing that happen to. But do you guys remember? I believe about 10 years ago there was a. Uh, I can't remember if it was a senator or a congressman, but he said, you lie to Obama. Yeah, and Joe Wilson. Lost their, yeah, everyone lost their minds. How could this happen? Like, they used to beat each other. They used to duel. What are you talking they about? They used to duel. He heckled yeah. him while he was actually lying, by the way. Yeah, he, was, he pointed yeah, out he that he was lying, and that was so unprecedented and horrible. So everyone has a, a very weak stomach for basically anything confrontational. 
But at the same time, uh, you know, if it's someone outside of the establishment, of course, or it's someone who's a target of the radical left's hatred, then we can absolutely destroy them. This definitely wouldn't happen now because Democrats literally don't show up in the Capitol. So, <laughs> They would say I mean, words are violence. You know, you tweeted something yeah, mean exactly. at them, but you can't actually have physical violence when no one shows up to work. There's Burning down buildings isn't violence, right? Yeah, I exactly, think, right. It's just the voice of the unheard is rioting. The only people who do show up, for the most part, are the Republicans on the Freedom Caucus. Um, they show. I mean, I mean, basically, when I was doing the reporting, every Republican office was they were there. Was in there? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just All looked right, up well. House of Shame. This is from BBC. House of Shame. Parliament brawls around the world. It's not uncommon for a parliament to go at each other. Those are my words, not the article's words. But you'll see video of it. Maybe you could consider it uncommon. It's not rare. Or maybe you could consider it rare. But it doesn't not happen. There are videos, like I think, in Eastern Europe of them just the whole parliament just going just massive That's brawling. That's crazy. No, let me, let Who me can re- step let me, in and stop it? I mean, what authority do people let have me, Let me point? read this. The aftermath of the caning. The episode revealed the polarization in America, which had now reached the floor of the Senate. Sumner became a martyr in the North and Brooks a hero in the South. Northerners were outraged. That right there, just reading that, I'm like, if no matter what happens in terms of conflict in with the with the ever increasing polarization in this country, both sides will be happy whatever happened happened. Is this pre-Civil War? This is just before the Civil War. Yeah. Well, also, it's important to remember that with a lot of the culture war issues and the things people are really riled up about, the actual establishment politicians either don't have that much of a difference or they don't talk about it. So we would never see Nancy Pelosi caning Mitt <laughs> Romney, right, or something along those lines, because even though they're in different parties— they're totally in bed together, ultimately. But as I mentioned earlier, I could see, you know, maybe somebody like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene or someone who is really genuinely an outsider being, you know, a target for some kind of misconduct or serious misconduct. I mean, we already saw them try to use the legal system to punish her for her political views. So I don't know, man. The United States is unique because if people are armed, you just don't mess with people mm. like that. They were armed back then, too. Maybe, but not maybe. I don't know. Do they open carry on the floor of Congress? I wasn't around in the 1850s. No, I'm no, not, I'm talking about today. No, no, no. I mean, you, you you, can... I'm pretty sure. Doesn't Lauren Boebert keep her gun with her? This was a squabble earlier this year was some members of the Republican Party were bringing weapons to the House floor. Because remember, they put up the metal detectors and yep. some members would say, whether they, they were armed or not, they would just walk around and get fined. Um, I don't think you can open carry on the Capitol grounds. I definitely don't think so. She might have it, but not bring it to the floor. I, I, that I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I can, under, I can understand issues of like functions of justice where we have certain restrictions but i kind of lean towards people should be allowed to keep and bear arms like i like you know if you go if you go back in time i'd imagine being in the capital you'd want to be able to protect it if an attack happened or something happened and what if a crazy person walks in you know so I don't know. I kind of think members of Congress. Yeah, you get. I think I think everybody should be allowed to open. You get a situation. You everywhere. can get a situation where like one person in in the parliament. I'll use examples that have happened in the past. Goes at another member of parliament, and then like the the security is just watching because they don't know what to do. And if the, whoever's running the parliament's like don't do anything to the security guards, then they're just going to wait. And then it becomes partisanry. Like if your life <laughs> is being threatened on the floor of Congress, you have a right to defend your life, in my opinion, and constitutionally. Yeah. Although I don't know what the laws, the, but constitutionally, and then we can talk about the laws made after that. You know, one thing I wanted to mention about what you were saying earlier the, about the government of China. Mm-hmm. The government of China is the Republic of China, based in Taiwan. The uh, oppressive, I guess you oh, call yeah. it a uh, yeah. uh, 
conquering or a um, what do you call that? See, this is a great fact check. We need more, we need more of these sorts of yeah. Fact the checks. Republic of China was pushed out by the CCP uh, yeah. during Mao's revolution, and the CCP mm-hmm. is actually an occupying force. Thank you. I'm just reading the timeline of events of the Civil War. It's crazy. You people need to understand that uh, years go by before anything, anything like 1859. You know, John Brown's raid on the Harper's Ferry Armory. This is like years before some of these massive war, like battles that were fought. And it's like 1860, and then it, it goes on for years. It's just this was life for everybody. It's kind of crazy, huh? Yeah, there's that uh, there's that quote. I think it might have even been Lenin, who did not say many wise things, but <laughs> said that there are there are decades where nothing happens, and then days where decades happen, yeah. something like that. Sixty one to sixty five, eighteen sixty one to eighteen sixty five. Just imagine for four years, it's just there's war going on, and people are killing each other, and it's just crazy, crazy. And it yeah. wasn't that many lifetimes ago either. No. Yeah, no. We're in an amazing – we have an opportunity to pick our future right now, guide the consciousness. If we want to go to war, we could send people to war. If we want peace, we can do that too. It's, But it requires dedication and humility. you got to be humiliated in front of people to allow yourself to be a pariah. I, I, the I kind of, of the people. Get the I, I kind of, of feel like it's, it's inevitable. And it's not – I mean, I just – look, right now the left – they're putting out videos where they're like, why aren't the justices being arrested for perjury? Because they said under oath that Roe v. Wade was settled law. But now they're saying it's not and they're saying it, which is a ridiculous argument, but it doesn't matter. These millennials who are arguing this will one day inherit the courts. And that ideology is present within them. They will be like, well, this, you, you did say it was settled law. And then you might argue, be like, yeah, but I never said I wouldn't overturn it. So what? You're going to jail because I'm the AG now. You may be right that if we keep doing the government as it's written with the modern technology, it's going to inevitably lead to cult I worship. I did not say that at all. Well, you're saying it's inevitable. And I think the reason is because I'm with saying, modern technology and the ability to create a cult within like three days uh, with through social media is super dangerous for our form of group communication government. Where That's just the speed at the which masses. the cult can form. I mean, information always traveled. I'm just saying with – one side saying, why isn't Trump being arrested? The other side saying, why isn't Hillary being arrested? What happens when either of those sides actually gains control of an institutions, uh, of an institution that can enforce this? Matt Taibbi described it as the, um, I forgot what he exactly said. It's the moment that two different cars are rushing towards the Capitol. And what they're trying to do is get there first to arrest the specific person. And then both groups jump out and then point at each other. You're under arrest. And so that's what he's seen in various countries with civil war. So if right now you have people screaming, why isn't Trump being criminally charged? And these are the AOC type progressives that are getting into Congress. And these are the politically active young Gen Z millennial types who are going to be running, going to be working in Congress. Then you have the populist MAGA types who are saying, why wasn't Hillary arrested? Why isn't Joe Biden being arrested? What happens when they gain power? So whichever faction gains control of the institution is going to, I think, wield it against the other, which will result in the other side saying no, and then some kind of conflict. You surely need to empower the people. The politicians are not the answer. It's good to have people functioning with politics, obviously. But no, the power is with the, hum- the individual in this country. always has been. Well, let's, uh, let's go to Super Chats. If you have not already, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show if you really do like it, head over to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have that members-only segment coming up around 11 p.m., which uh, we record and then it goes up. 
And uh, you're also helping support alternative infrastructure because our website is hosted on Rumble, which means the more customers they can get, the more you support businesses that use Rumble, the more you are building up this ecosystem of alternatives to Silicon Valley. So thank you so much for being members. Let's read what we got. Jesse says, my lib sister has her pup watch Chicken City. She's going to freak out when she learns they're far right chickens. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. They're, they're all far right. Although I think Vanessa is uh, is Antifa, so we got we got to watch out oh, for her. Oh, what uh, what tipped you off there? She's uh, uh, she, she's she's uh, all black. You oh, know. oh. She's, she's 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 uh, she's in black block. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's see. see she'll it. take off her outfit. Not Dorothy though, but it's also because Vanessa looks angry. <laughs> Vanessa. So there's two uh, Pl- Bard Plymouth Rock chickens we have, and Vanessa's eyes are her brow is always furled, <laughs> and she's like looking around like, mm. and then Dorothy's eyes are always like up and like dopey. She's like, oh. I just it's really weird they have that expression on their face. I'm like, you can tell them apart that way. They're identical otherwise. All right. Lee uh Leandro Brady says 2000 mules per gallon. Oh, excellent, excellent. Oh, nice. Joe Taylor says Tim, think of this. $6 a gallon with each tank on a semi being around 350 gallons times 2. You're talking $3000 to fill a semi truck. They do that once or twice a day. Yo, I saw a meme where someone had to spend like thirteen hundred dollars to fill up his tank, a trucker. Wow, how that's oh, gonna man. that's gonna translate to all of your goods. Yep, yep, what? that is insane. Wow, better start growing food. Yeah, I uh, I have a trucker season. friend. Who, how do we grow gas? I have yeah. a trucker friend who gets eight plastic. miles to the gallon with his truck, and he's talking about how unbelievably expensive it is to fill up his semi. There's like, a this cool. There's no way we come back from this. There's a technology this Japanese inventor was working on where he would take plastic and put it in a high pressure, high heat environment with no oxygen, and then it reconverts the plastic into oil, and then you can refine it back into petroleum or diesel. All right. Ghost Crusader says, there is no corn at my local supermarkets. New York City, not canned corn. No corn. Wow. What do you eat? There's no Me corn. personally? Kimchi. No, if there's no corn left, what are you going to do? <laughs> Cabbage. Cabbage. Well, it's also one people don't realize. You need kale. Everything is made of corn in this country. Yeah. We manufacture everything from corn. For decades, we looked at products and said, how can we uh, make that out of corn instead? People don't understand how screwed we are if we And then we had cows, corn. and we were yeah. like, how can we make them out of corn instead? <laughs> and we started and so feeding then, them corn yeah. instead of grass. Yep. <laughs> it's insane. All right. Black Lion Grunt says, I summon Ultra Maga with 10,000 hit points, destroys all enemies that opposes freedom. Ultra Maga. MXP says, Tim, if you ever go on Rogan again, can you talk about the Great Reset? Also have more guests on your show to talk about it. Sure. Yeah, that was actually something I wanted to bring up when me and you and Alex and Michael Malice and everybody and Joe were on the show. I was like, I should have brought up Klaus Schwab. We didn't get into it, but next mm. time. Maybe we should have uh, like James Lindsay with Alex Jones. That'd be good. We talk about Klaus Schwab. All right. Earl Graham says, as a member of TimCast, I demand you bring Roberto Sr. onto one of your live shows to replace Ian. Oh, I'm not, I'm not against it. <laughs> Roberto Sr. is officially in sex jail. Aww. So you finally locked the aggressor up. Bad well, boy. because we're, fa- we're retiring him. Mm. Yeah. Aww. We can only have one dominant rooster at a time. And, and Roberto Jr. has now like has fully grown. So Roberto and his son are now there. It's too much for the chickens and they're starting to get hurt. 
because the dude's just going at it too much. You know? Is that an allegory for when there's two superpowers, one of them eventually? What's that law? The, th- the, Thucy- Thucydides. the Thucydidean trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that three times fast. Thucydides. I mean, ri- the rising young, yeah, exactly. All, the rising like young rooster threatens the aging and decrepit rooster, and then war is inevitable. Yeah, that's actually what happens. Yeah. Happening. So Roberto Jr. has been slowly pushing on Roberto. I think he's bigger than his dad now. He's, he's a beast. I love yeah, him. Yeah, he's big. I like and his a, song, too. Oh. He's a bit more chill than Roberto is. Roberto Sr. is, like, aggressive and, like, angsty. But I think it's because they thought he was a girl when he was born. And so, <laughs> it is 2022. So yeah. he was supposed to be cold, and we thought we were getting chickens, but we got a rooster in there. And I'm like, maybe his son's bigger because something about Roberto was, like, he was, like, a low-T rooster or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Colonel Panic says, Tim and Gang, I think we all agree that YouTube is less than stellar, but is Rumble really better or simply different? In Rumble terms of service, it sounds like they reserve the right to take your account and content. Act 17, uh, Acts Apologetics made a video about this. Yeah, I don't think they're, they're perfect. They're an alternative and they're competition. So that's what's good. If there were two YouTubes that were identical and they were actually competing, it'd be a good thing, but Rumble's actually competition. So Paul Jones says, big fan of the show. The show the other day about Daryl Davis was incredibly embarrassing for Daryl Davis. At first, I was angry you weren't confronting him, but you let him dig his own grave. Keep up your good work. You well, can't say it's embarrassing for someone else. That's that's virtue signaling. Only you can no. say if something's embarrassing for you. Let other people decide how they feel. It's called cringe. Cringe oh. is when you feel embarrassment for someone else. Yeah, but that's virtu- if you say it out loud, it becomes virtue signaling. No, virtue signaling is when you pretend to support something to attract attention from those who also claim to support it. Or if you're just... Okay. I'm not going to argue this right yeah. now. It's most of left-wing Instagram. Yeah, oh. they're all just trying to yeah. get clicks and likes. Bert USA says, imagine Trump's head on All Might's body. Then imagine the left facing off against this plus Ultraman. Now we wait for the United States of Smash, or at the very least, a Delaware Smash. So someone may... Yes, ha. Huh? If you if you guys know what My Hero Academia is, you understand you understood those references. But somebody actually made a comic called Walmite. Where Trump is All Might, superhero. And they call him Wall Might. All right. Paul Jones says, you guys are right about how if it was the right, they'd be locked up ASAP. It's funny how Biden campaigned on being a moderate and unity, but he's been nothing but dismissive and fear mongering. I'm not surprised by that. All right. Carolyn Clark says, watch 2000 Mules, Tim, and get off that fence. Big fan. Would like to apply for Room Mother. 54 Gen X rules. Love from Roanoke, Texas. Very cool. Yeah, I we, we haven't had a chance to check out 2000 Mules, but uh, we will mention it when we can mention it. it I, we'll, have to, we'll have to figure it out. I had a name of this Japanese inventor that made this oil machine I was talking about. His name's like Akinori Ito, and the machine is called the Blessed Machine. He'll put plastic in there, and then it converts it into oil. Cameron Miller says, first time super chat for my son's birthday. Huxley, he turns eight today, and his biggest birthday wish is to see Tim minus the beanie. Too bad, Huxley. You can't always get what you want. Wait until you're nine. Uh, important, important, important lesson for life. But happy birthday, nonetheless. Happy birthday. You can keep asking, though. Yeah, dream crusher. Cameron Miller says, second super chat ever. Have you heard of King Randall and what he is doing in Albany, Georgia? He would be a great guest. I don't know. Who is that? Does anybody know? King Randall? Did he declare, did he declare independence and assert himself as a monarch? Randall King? I don't think so. King Randall. Mike S. says, the real reason Hassan will only do Zoom debates is so that he can get instant answers during the debate from his Discord followers. I've heard that. Um, perhaps. I don't know. I think there's two fair points. 
Hassan hosts his own show. He has no obligation. And it would be it's like, hey, stop doing your show to do mine. Like, why would anyone do that? I wouldn't want to yeah. do that. And then the other thing is people like I, I've told everybody who comes on the show, like we're all sitting here with computers. So bring a computer. And also we will pull up anything you reference if you want to counter our point. And so we've actually done that with conflicting studies before. But, you know, whatever. Nobody is obligated to come on this show. I'll just explain that I think they're left, prominent left personalities typically won't come on the show because they know they'll lose. They'll, they'll lose the argument. And they're not, they're not willing to come on to have that conversation. Official debates. Real debates. If you're going to have a real debate, you need a moderator. You need to have like yeah, a like, point system. I'm not interested in debating someone. I'm interested in having a conversation about ideas. But, you know, I got to say it again. Hunter Avalon, when he came on the show, had no idea what he was talking about with Ukraine, Burisma, and, Hunter, and, and Joe and Hunter Biden. And so he tries to assert himself like that didn't happen. And then I, he, when, when I mentioned Joe Biden said, you're not getting the billion dollars unless you fire the prosecutor. And he said that never happened because he gets his, he probably got his news from from CNN and other fake news. So I just pulled the video up and clicked play. And I'm like, there it is. When uh, what do you have to say about when that? they were investigating Zlochevsky or, or Burisma? Was Zlochevsky working at the company still? Zlochevsky had fled the country. And then when Joe Biden got the prosecutor fired, he came back. And then when Donald Trump came in and said, I want this investigated, he fled the country. It's funny how that works. I don't fault people necessarily for not knowing these sorts of things, because remember, it took our esteemed colleagues in the mainstream media two years to verify that Hunter Biden's laptop was real. So there are some things yeah. where it is actually incredibly difficult to get actual information found out. Now, that said, if you're coming on this show or any show as a so-called expert on Burisma and you don't know basic facts about Hunter Biden and the Biden family, then that's where it becomes a problem. But it's very hard to actually find, you know, these basic things about the Biden family. This is why I think many of these people don't want to come on the show mm -hmm. because we're going to be like, hey, let's have a very serious political conversation about corruption. And then all of a sudden it's like, uh oh, I'm forced to actually confront my ideas that are based on, on, on falsehoods. The other thing I think will happen, too, is that we if we brought on like a left populist and then, you know, someone like Steve Bannon. And then they were like, I think we should tax the rich. And then Steve Bannon goes, I completely agree. Then the headline would be like, leftist agrees with Steve Bannon. And they'd be like, no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And you have to consider, oh, sorry. It would be like, who's right would be the question. Get it? Uh, what you got, you well, no. I that mean, it's, really it's funny. also. <laughs> Check this out. You can't just tell us it's funny. I sure can. No, but I, it's it's also such a huge part of the the fan base that they've courted. These are people who will intentionally just go out of their way and operate in the most bad faith manner possible, so they can find something you said that makes you right wing. That's the funny thing. Like um, Michael Malice often brings up. That he'll say Biden is bad for X reason, and they'll say, yeah, well, Trump did Y. And he'll be like, yes, I agree. What does that have to do with what I said? Like, they, the people can only think it's either you're, for, you're mm -hmm. for Trump or you're for Biden. You can't criticize, you know, both. But this also does get to the mainstream media's problem and why the Trump presidency broke them was all of their subscribers are these resistance people who the second they start criticizing Democrats— are going to rage unsubscribe, right? So now that yep. they cultivated the subscriber base based on combing through the dumpsters of Trump Tower and the Trump Hotel in D.C., if you're actually going to basically copy and paste my reporting and other people's reportings about Joe Kiani, about Jennifer Granholm, about Gina Raimondo, any of these sorts of things, you're going to confront your subscribers with a reality, which is reality, that they don't want to confront. So they've they've dug this hole and they have no way of actually being able to get out you, of it. You know, you know what I've encountered, though? Mm-hmm. When it comes to the, the, the quote unquote right, as it's often described, is such a big umbrella that you'll end up with tons of people, aggressive, Trump supporting, 
not necessarily Trump supporters, post-liberal, libertarian. So if I make a video and I say something about the quote-unquote right or a, or a constitutionalist position, I'll get a bunch of comments from people who are like, hey, Tim, you actually messed up on this one, and it's very, like, normal. The left <laughs> will purposefully take things out of context to lie about me. So, like, I once did a video about um, hybrid vigor. There was a scientific study that found that people who have genetics from different <clears throat> parts of the planet tended to have, like, less disease and stuff. And I was making a point about, like, why racism was bad and stupid. The left took the video, screenshots of it, and then misrepresented what it was about and claimed it was a racist video that hated race mixing when it was the complete inversion of what it was. And I was like, wow. Like, when you when you see that, I made a video where I was like, here's my argument on gun control. And I got a bunch of conservatives and libertarians being like, you're wrong, and here's why. And I went, wow, those are really good points, actually. And then I changed my position. Mm-hmm. The left just started crapping all over me and making up what my positions were. And I was like, dude, what? I was agreeing with you. They don't care. Well, I mean, yeah, they've adopted the strategy of just of just like sort of stomping their foot and screaming, you're bad, you're bad. You don't feel bad for the people I tell you to feel bad for, and you don't, um, you know, sit there and apologize for things you had nothing to do with. So I mean, that's basically it. Like, you gotta yeah, let's see, it and feed them like a feral animal, then mm-hmm. they'll, they'll cool up to you slowly. Let's, let's read more Super Chats. we got Powder who says, I work at a corner store in California. The price for our weekly chicken strip order has gone up $1,000. Food shortages are coming. Get prepared. So I'm talking about if you can provide food to these people, they'll they'll believe you and be, get on your side. That's how it always is. Like in, in Venezuela, the National Guard gets fed, so they'll do what they're told because they want to live. Nathan Leonard says, forget food shortages. Hospitals across the country are now short on IV contrast dye, meaning life-saving medical tests cannot be performed. Oh, it won't end there. It is going to get substantially more intense, these shortages. Baby formula is just the beginning. I wonder if we can make that. I was looking into it a little. I couldn't find anything. What's it made of? I don't know yet. But I, I would imagine we could concoct something that would be Baby pretty formula? similar. Yeah. Pediatricians specifically tell people not to make their own. I was actually looking at this today. Um, part of the problem is that it contains a lot of vitamins and minerals. And it is based on cow's milk. I've also he- I've heard that goat's milk is a good substitute in some instances. Um, but there, you can also sign up for something like the La Leche League if you're having trouble finding formula. And there's all sorts of stuff you can do. You just got to research it. Darth Ribbit says, Matt's a cool dude, but most of Maryland's GOP are rhinos. Hogan being okay with critical race theory is not very cash money. Matt, please don't become a rhino. I, I will just quickly say on that point, I actually was one of the reporters who first exposed critical race theory's existence in Maryland public schools uh, in Anne Arundel County and in Montgomery County. I've covered both removing police from schools and the leftist insanity in curricula. Um, and, you know, there's sort of this common trope amongst left-wing activists that critical race theory is in tunnels, because we all know this. But uh, a parent in Anne Arundel County simply forwarded me an email from the Anne Arundel County Board of Education, which confirmed to parents, yes, critical race theory is taught in Anne Arundel County schools. The specific article that I wrote about it, it was one of the most insane things in education. This is from a pre-K through fifth grade school. So four-year-olds in Maryland public schools in Anne Arundel County were being taught that uh, – Japanese internment during World War II, when we interned Japanese American citizens, is like securing the southern border. So, and that wasn't, isn't, isn't necessarily critical race theory, but in the course of that story, you know, I got an email from the Board of Edu- Education saying, yeah, we, we teach critical race theory here in Annapolis. I'm like, oh my God. What's the story called? Um, look up Annapolis critical race theory free beacon and Japanese internment and it'll pop up. But with the free beacon, you really cannot find our articles on the internet mm-hmm. unless you add free beacon to the search, but look up uh, Free Beacon Japanese Internment. Someone can put it in the chat. Free Beacon Japanese Internment, Maryland Public School, and you'll find it. 
Clayton Ostrang says, Ian, have you read the Bible? Had discussions with a priest or attended church for an extended period of time? I think it would benefit you in your discussions about the Bible and what Seamus and Catholics believe. I got baptized, and it was the creepiest thing, one of the creepiest things I've ever experienced. I went to a church camp, a Methodist church camp, and this guy was much older than me. I was like 12 or 13, and he was like 18 or something, sat next to me with his tight shorts on. I was like, now, say you take Jesus into your heart. And I went, I uh, take Jesus into my heart. He's like, okay, now you're baptized. And he had the Bible. Now. It was so weird. But that's not you. You described one creepy experience with one Christian. Well, yeah, like that's maybe, not maybe you just had a weird, question. creepy experience, yeah. bro. I definitely did. Yeah, yeah. but that's extremely not disturbing. And all, this, all I had to do was say it out loud, and now it's real. Come on. Here's what, here's what I. It's a lifelong uh, journey to be if you want the, to live like Christ. The segment and in, in, uh, being referenced here is um, when you mentioned that the the, the the mic the mic check mic check shutdown was like very religious. And I, I've, I've spent time, I, we used to go to mass twice a week when I was in Catholic school. We left when I was about 10 years old. And so what I can say is we, we all knew exactly what we were saying and reading from the book as it was being explained to us. I feel like it was never adequately explained to me, which is why I left. And there's a big difference between reading from a book and hearing the priest talk to you about what's going on. We had the, um, was it the procession of the cross? Is it, or the, the crucifician? What was it you called? Mean, oh, the stations of the cross. Stations of the cross, sorry. Yeah. yeah, procession. And so we, like, we had that on the wall and we had everything explained in great detail. I just felt like the teachers didn't actually explain, like, to me what it all meant. When I go to protests and people are saying gibberish words and they don't <laughs> know what the protest chant is, it's a big difference. Yeah. Organized. Disorganized. Knew. Organized religion is, there's problems with organization as well, but. You know, there is organization. This is why it's important also to listen to Joe Biden speak instead of read the text of his words, right? Because if you read the text of his words, especially what you were talking about, the Daily Mail with Jen Psaki earlier, it can be made to sound coherent. They do. When you watch it, it's like, whoa, this is not the same thing. Even conservatives do this. Yeah. Uh, Conservative outlets outlets tend not to as much, but Biden will say something like, Come on, you know, uh, got a economy. (laughs) You know, it's uh, you got to make it better. Come, Come on. And then the news will say, Joe Biden said we have to make the economy better or, quote, the economy yeah. must be better. And it's like, no, he didn't. He stuttered, stu- it mumbled, sputtered and was confused the whole time. Write down. The, if you wrote down quotes from Joe Biden, Verbatim. it would be full of ellipses, ums, uhs, stutters, broken words and gibberish. You put the word it, pause in parentheses. At least you do in the theater <laughs> when you write a script. No, exactly. And whenever they wrote down Trump's words, they included every filler word, every uh, every um, every little pause. They did everything they could to represent how unclean normal natural speech generally is. And then with Joe Biden, they clean up everything he says, even though he sounds like he's slurring half the time. All right. Scraith says Bill Gates tweeted he has COVID and then disabled replies. Mm. That's not surprising. Fireside Story says, Ian, you are telling me that that the programmer and creator of the big machine we call the universe can't go to one of his programs and make it pregnant. Well, I'm saying you have no way of knowing. So why would you believe it? No way of knowing what? If God impregnated Mary. I mean, if you believe that the gospel writers and the other scriptural writers are reliable sources on the other things that they discuss. I don't believe CNN's a reliable source. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, hold on yeah, a second. Well, they have a show called Reliable Sources. Yeah, yeah, yeah that proves that, it. That is But true. hold on. To say, well, like the Bible, so the Bible isn't true because CNN isn't true? Well, I just I think I have no way to verify and fact check where they got their sources, where it comes from, who they were. I don't know. But have you looked into it? I mean, have you, you got, looked I, into that? I, I think, I, I, I think sure. I'll say this, Ian. You should read the Bible and go to a church, not to become faithful, but to hear what they're saying. You're right about that. To make the argument. And second, I would actually say you should read, like, philosophy. 
various various philosophical concepts and ideas on knowledge, wisdom, truth, and stuff I like know, that. I know, I know. It's a tough life because when you are a philosopher, you don't really read what other people thought. You just tell people what you think. So that was my life up until now. But I understand the organization is so important. I think, I think the issue is you are right that you can't prove, but – there's there's deep philosophical, philosophical questions about why people choose to believe and why people think things are true. Some things are easily discerned as objectively true. Like, I know that if I throw a rock at a window, there's a great chance the window will break. However, not all windows will break. What if it turns out it was bulletproof and the rock just bounces off? So you might think you know something and then your expectations are shattered when the window doesn't shatter. I think some things we can prove. But I think most things we believe are unproven. Almost, I would say, ninety nine percent of what humans believe is completely unproven. I, I just got a book called to Cre- them. To them, I mean, to them. To, I got a book called Creating Christ: How Roman Emperors Invented Christianity. I mentioned it on a show a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. That uh, there's this concept that the Romans created Christianity to disempower the Jews because the Jews were a threat to their imperial authority. And I like that. But but you're right, Tim. That I shouldn't just read books that. I want to verify my own beliefs about. I should be reading the Bible, the other stuff as well, to understand the entire context. Yeah, and I think, and, even and, I, the and, I, and, and hold on. Oh, sorry, Ian, have you ever placed graphene under an electron microscope? Not yet, baby. And you just believe everything you've said about graphene? I'm, I'm such a follower. No, see, this is this is, <laughs> this is important. That you'd come out and be like, "How do I know the Bible's real? How do I know?" But you you've know, never, as well, as I've much, read bits of the Bible. But as much as you have have proselytized the, the power of graphene, you never actually looked under it under a microscope. You want me to start a graphene company? I can sense. No, it. no, no. I'm challenging your position. You want me to start a microscope? No, but I would not you'd, tell you, you, you. I would not stake my life on this. But I don't. I mean, I believe it because science. The scientific method's awesome, and I've read enough scientific articles about it and looked at images of what they tell me is microscopy and stuff like that. Oh, I, I'm and, and I'm sure that there. I mean, there's a shroud of Turin. I got a coin for Seamus. That's uh, allegedly one of the three wise men's currency or whatever. Oh, there's, snap there's a bunch of that kind of stuff my, my point is i do think some things are yes electron microscopes you can do the work i'm just saying not that things true or aren't true not that religion is true or not true i'm saying if you're going to advocate the power of graphene with such fervor i would at least expect you to stand by your own standard and have done the personal research into analyzing yourself i was in south america to start a graphene company i got i guess called derailed and came here but i mean i'm glad i'm here well but. there are people in south america who went on missions to preach the word of the gospel it doesn't mean they've proven it's true and you haven't proven no graphene i haven't is what it is. no but it's not my, why i'm here and i would not proselytize this stuff P- apparently borphine's awesome hey i tried to read the quran i bought a quran because i'm like i gotta know and it is so hard it was so hard for me to read because it's a lot about he he makes a he says a word as if it ha- already everyone already knows what it means and then he uses and he capitalizes the word in the sentence and it's really weird like it's really culty and like you gotta already want to believe it to believe it this is exactly like marxism where you read karl marx and you're like this is nonsensical (laughs) gibberish with a lot of mathematical formulas that don't make sense and so you sort of know that all of the people who are you know protesting in all these streets have never opened das kapital or any of the marxism that they claim to believe but anyway that's also a religion let's let's read more super chats all right, Mr. Ross Lyon says, Ultra MAGA, Adeptus MAGAs, purging progressive heresy across the Imperium in the name of God Emperor Trump. Well, there you go. All right, Pete Hodges says, funny story, I was on a project in Maryland in 2015. I never believed the Trump candidacy was viable until I moved to Eastern Maryland and talked to the locals. I've heard this. I was talking to, um, Max, uh, Max Kaiser and Stacy, and they were mentioning how they were in Europe. And they kept hearing everyone hated Trump. But then when they landed back in the U.S. and saw the Trump signs everywhere, they were like, he's going to win. The media is totally wrong about this. People, people were very much, they were voting for Trump, man. 
But also, if they didn't run Hillary Clinton. Yeah, Bernie would have beat Trump, I think. A lot of people don't like to hear it, but yo, Trump won, I think, by, was it like 88,000 votes in th- across three different states that pushed him over the edge of the Electoral College? Yeah. Hillary Clinton was just not popular. She didn't campaign in Wisconsin. I mean, I know. <laughs> she didn't well, want to win. I mean, this is classic liberals taking everything for granted. Yep. They're, they were in a bubble. The media bubble, exactly. that's, that's, that's it. And it only got worse. Anno says, if Joe Biden did something illicit while being VP and or president, he should be impeached. If you don't uphold the law for everyone, you effectively have no law. Which is why I said the protesters in front of the justice, uh, the Supreme Court justices' homes should be arrested. Because that's what the law is for. That's why we have law, right? All right. The Aaron says, I'm seeing Ted Cruz soon. What questions should I ask? Bitcoin or Ethereum? No. <laughs> More I serious mean, that's, question. That's the future is crypto. If you guys want to talk about economics and where we're headed as a country, like, are you on the Ethereum blockchain, Ted, or do you use the Bitcoin blockchain for real? That's my question. I don't know. But what do you guys question think you should for ask? Ted Cruz? I have no idea. Where's the best place to go on vacation in Cancun? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what, where were you going? <laughs> Did you take mushrooms before you grew out your beard? Because you look like you had a psychological awakening. The real Hayden says, would Ian fight a war for graphene? Serious question. Uh, that's a little vague. And so I guess the answer is... Like there's a gigantic graphene mine. No. And I'm not Russia gonna, I'm not invades gonna, we can mine Antarctica. The, we can mine the carbon dioxide out of the air if there's a... I would... No, no. The answer is no. Let's say they in the middle of Antarctica is this massive reservoir. They find a, a vein of just pure graphene and they're like, whoever gains this graphene will have untold powers. And then Vladimir Putin like is, is riding in on like a, the massive Russian multi-billion dollar war jet. You, have you heard the story? They have like a full command center plane that can like run their whole government or something like their military. And he's going to get the graphene. And the United States says, Ian, you're the only one. We need to send you in to fight for this graphene. I'd be like, well, first of all, that I'm the only one. There's a problem that I'm the only one that can do this. What's that? I think you would win. I don't even know what winning means these days. All right. Let's read more. Peter Gohawk says, please ask Matt if you would be open to making Trump Speaker of the House, then impeaching Joe, Kamala, and Nancy. (laughs) Uh, Trump has said he does not want to be Speaker of the House. so I don't. But would you want him to be Speaker of the House? Uh, I'm not going to make anyone Speaker who doesn't want to be Speaker. (laughs) That's a horrible job that I would not really wish on, on someone who doesn't desperately want to do that. It's just, and then you impeach Joe Kamala. It, it and is Nancy. sort of like it's that meme where it's like you know straightforward from here, you know. But uh, technically, that would be possible. But Trump has been asked about this multiple times. Would you would you like to be speaker? Because a fun fact, you know, Tim could be speaker of the House if he got the majority votes. You don't have to yeah. be a member of Congress to actually be speaker of the House. But I don't think that Trump wants to be a member of Congress. I would not accept. <laughs> The Engaged Few says, Tim, can you ask that guy if he'd be willing to introduce a constitutional amendment repealing the 17th and return the elections of senators to the state legislatures? Pre-17th, senators average tenure, six years. Am I that, am I that guy? No, uh, because no one knows who their state legislators are. and That's, the, that's why. So I, I, I don't I'm know about that. I, I don't think that anyone—I mean, this is an unfortunate reality, is most people pay very little attention to local politics— National politics sort of consumes everything. I think you would give elected state legislators way more power. That's that's case. what actually what it was. Yeah. The original idea of the Senate was that the state reps would would mm-hmm. choose. They would they would all vote, and that it was up to you to vote locally. Right. And your local reps would then elect a senator to go to the federal government to represent the state. And uh, the problem, the reason they got rid of it, is that they felt that there was too much backroom dealing. I was about to say, this sounds like you're just giving 30 people the ability to elect a U.S. senator. But it's so much easier to get rid of a state rep or a state senator 
than it is to get rid of a senator. I think we got to get rid of 17. But if we if we did remove direct election of senators, though, then all of that energy would then immediately shift to state rep races. Absolutely. And and the issue is a state rep has a much smaller population. Mm -hmm. So it's much easier to communicate with your local community and get that rep or senator in as opposed to a federal level senator, which is the entire state, which people feel helpless. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm in Illinois. What's the point? I'm not voting. It's like, well, imagine if you went around to your local communities and got the state legislature. Now, all of a sudden, a state with with Chicago in it could actually get a Republican senator. So I think it's worth it. Well, in in Illinois, though, the legislature is still incredibly dominated by Democrats as well. Yeah. I mean, it's it's theory. But no, I like like as many people being involved in elections as possible. I think uh, it was it was it was a check. It was the states. Senate was was supposed to be the states represented, represented. And the Congress is the people. So I think getting rid of that was a problem. But uh, agree, disagree. All right. Yeah, you don't have to beat me with the cane over it. No, no, no canes here. No canes here. Agreeing Clover says, for Seamus and Ian, I just found a Catholic prophecy called the Hermit of Loretto. It was found founded in the 70s saying Trump would serve two terms, but they wouldn't be back to back. Check it out. So be very careful. This is not something that's actually, I mean, this is someone who is Catholic who's saying they have a prophecy. That does not mean it's part of Catholic teaching or something that's been endorsed by the Catholic Church. So confirmed. Seamus confirmed. All right. <laughs> I think Ian probably already knew about that. Seamus speaks for me, yes. All right. Let's grab just, uh, we'll grab a couple more here. Mon Hoden says, I work at Walmart and our store is getting no meat at all tomorrow. We usually get four pallets a day. The food shortage is already here. And that's why, uh, you know, I've been consistently shouting out safeandreadymeals.com. This is not a promo. I'm just mentioning it. And why I was shocked when the left consistently was making fun of that idea. I don't care. Y'all can make fun of it all day and night. Doesn't the left also, like, use weird things to grow, like, kombucha in their own, you know, little apartments in Brooklyn, and now they're mocking having actual food that you can eat in a problem? There's an article Vice wrote, and they're like, where are these people now? And it's like, Tim Pool is shilling for emergency food. And I'm like, I'm going to print that out and frame it. I could probably do it now, because the food shortage is already getting bad. And I'll put it next to all of the complaints from people in New York where they're like, there's no food at my store. And I'll be like, yo, the people that prepare for this stuff, you should still be worried about it because you don't want to eat emergency food until you absolutely have to. Mm -hmm. Like when you literally can't get anything anymore. But I'll tell you who's who's laughing. The preppers. Yeah. They're sitting oh. on their mound of three months of beans and they're like, heh. Also, they probably have a lot of the corn. Yeah, well, they have a lot of the corn. Yeah. The left has also been saying for years that we have a catastrophic climate change problem <laughs> and the coasts are going to flood and the world as we know it is going to end. And then they turn around and call you stupid for having emergency food. <laughs> okay. Build an ark and they're Great. like, you're so yeah. dumb. Yeah. And it's like, you told me that everything was like, yeah, the world I mean, is ending in 12 years, but how, how about that's oh, what that oh, creationism museum actually is? The ark that they have yeah. built. Obama built, uh, buys waterfront property. Yeah. Pelosi too. Amazing. All right, everybody. If you haven't already, smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with all of your friends. It really does help. And head over to TimCast.com. We're going to have a members-only show coming up. It'll be published at around 11 p.m. And as a member, I just want to stress again, you'll be supporting companies that use alternative infrastructure. We use Rumble's cloud services and Rumble's video service for our website. The more people who start adopting Rumble, the more people who who support businesses that use alternative infrastructure, the more we strip that power away from Silicon Valley, Big Tech, Hollywood, etc. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me at TimCast. Matthew, do you want to shout anything out? Well, thanks so much for having me on. I hope that voters in Western Maryland who are listening to the show, of which I know there are many, 
vote for me on July 19th. You can check out my website, MatthewFoldy.com. Follow me. It's all Matthew Foldy on all the platforms. And looking forward to the members-only chat. Got it. Time to start go, uh, going knocking on doors. We're door-knocking every single weekend through November. So the look forward to having a... super cool. Yeah. Oh, dude. Right on. My name's Seamus. I make cartoons at a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. I do them mostly about political matters and cultural matters. So you, if you guys uh, are interested in that, please go check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. I, I want to give a shout-out to the Hermit of Loretto. I'll give you a little context. <laughs> the astonishing Dang. 1980 prophecy of President Donald J. Trump. Quote, Donald J. Trump will lead America back to God. End quote. Father Giacomo huh. Capoberdi. I don't know how you – something like that. Uh, but apparently not – Catholic it's not something. It's, it's not. A, no. Yeah. It's not like it, as a Catholic you were required to believe that. I just like to be careful. I mm-hmm. like to be very careful because there. It's not like this is the official position of the Catholic Church. This is a a Catholic hermit who said that this is a prophecy. Some number of Catholics believe them. I want to know if Donald Trump saw that prophecy in 1980. Let's ask <laughs> that's him when we why he decided to run. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys very much for tuning in this evening and joining us for a little bit of local slash federal level politics. Uh, you guys may follow me on Twitter and Minds.com at Sarah Patchlitz as well as Sarah Patchlitz me. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.